Hello everyone, I'm Thomas from Daft Punk. Random access memories, Daft Punk. Daft Punk and Thomas Angui from Daft Punk. There you go, Daft Punk. We assume that's Daft Punk under those helmets. Hello everyone, I'm Emmanuel from Daft Punk. Daft Punk mixes of Daft Punk. Daft Punk! Let's get back to the to Daft Punk. It was because of, you know, Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Daft Punkin! Daft Punkin! Hello, robots big and small from around the world. This is a live 2021 a Daft Punk podcast. Yeah, it is. Um... Thanks for coming back. This is part two of our discovery episode because part one got away from us a little bit. Uh, who could have thought that three best friends who cannot stop talking would talk for almost five hours about one album? Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? I mean, I kind of thought that it would go that way. And that was not even the first five hours we've talked about this album this week. This week, yeah, <laughs> that's true. We've talked about this album for hours and hours. I'll let everybody hear on, uh, uh, in on a little secret. The most I've written about uh, in episode so far, the biggest script until this today was about 4,000 words. This one was... Uh, almost 6,500 words. <laughs> so I think I had a little bit of an idea that this was going to be uh, um, a a very gigantic episode. And here we are. We're splitting it into two. I'm Andy. I'm Darren. I'm Devin. And we're three best friends from Detroit who talk about Daft Punk. Incessantly. Uh, incessantly. Uh, some, some might say too much. I've heard it be called too much before. Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely been in a conversation the with people. The song "Too Long" is, is about, about our episode about <laughs> discovery. <laughs> this might be too long. So uh, last week you heard us talk about the history of the um, the this era of the boys, them getting this album together, them starting to produce things, uh, their philosophy behind the record, what they were into at the time. Uh, today we're going to talk more about the helmets, uh, them getting that. Uh, era uh, that part of their thing together and then we're going to go through the album track by track uh and discuss specific specifics about each song our thoughts and feelings about each one and spoiler alert they're all good (laughs) you heard the nitty and it's time for the gritty yeah you heard the nitty now it's time for the gritty (laughs) Uh, but you guys if you before we get into it if you guys want to uh interact with us or if you have something you want to tell us or you have a story or you have a song you've been working on or just anything that you have that you feel like we should know uh, you can send that to us. Yeah. Uh, we are at info at alive2021.com. That's our email address, info at alive2021.com. Uh, send anything there, uh, any correction, omission, story. Uh, if you have some uh, some sort of involvement with the band, if you have some sort of story to if tell about the band. If you're in the band, if you're Tomas out there, send us a fucking email. Or if you're Gimon too, that's fine. If you're Gimon, send us a fucking email. And, and and you know you don't talk as much, Gimon. So if you're out there, um, uh, open up to us. Draw us a picture. Oh, draw us a picture. Draw <laughs> where you communicate. What if what if Gimon mailed us just a drawing of a dick he made? <laughs> That'd be wild. <laughs> That'd be wild. Um, so if you're out there and, and you are Gimon and you want us to draw us a dick, <laughs> do that. Send it to uh, info at alive twenty twenty one dot com. Uh, but but for real, uh, we we want to know about things that we missed we want to know about things that we got wrong uh, because we're learning about these guys as we go along too so send all that to us send any stories that you have about the band um um if we have a p.o box that's on our website if you have a knickknack that you want to send us if you make like if you're a, a if you're a leather worker that makes daft punk uh uh 
like belts or some yeah, shit, and go. you want to send us one of those. If you're if you are that general non-specific <laughs> person out there in the world, yeah, send us a. If you make if you make leather belts, uh, a stamped with the Daft Punk insignia, send us one of those. Please, please, I need one. <laughs> I need a belt. My I pants are around pants my ankles. It's humiliating. I know. It's really. It's We're really... three best friends with our pants around our ankles, begging for a leatherman to send us a Daft Punk belt to our PO box. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, Without further ado, I don't have any more ado. Do you guys have any? I have no more ado. I have no, ado. I have no further ado. Uh, here is the dramatic conclusion uh, <laughs> for the last two and a half hours of our uh, of our discovery episode. Enjoy. The helmets are very heavy. Tomas said at the time. We almost had back problems from wearing them. In fact, there were three different versions, but the biggest weighed about five or six kilos, which is about 11 or 13 pounds. So when they're walking around with those, the, it, the first versions of these, when they have the LEDs, it is cumbersome. Yeah. And the the wiring coming out of them is not like it's not like a design choice. The enormous thing of wiring coming out of the back of Gimon's head is all functional and it looks it looks dangerous. <laughs> my my best buddy Zach bought a harness for strengthening his neck and you put a five pound <laughs> weight on it. Yeah, right? I've seen those before. And you lean over. Five pounds is an incredible amount of weight. Your neck is 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 not, not built for that. <laughs> Ten pounds on your neck and also the restrictive yeah. nature of all those wires sounds miserable. It's crazy. So that that is, it's like it wasn't and I under completely understand why they pared them down after that point. And so um going forward they have they have a couple different functional versions of the helmet. They have ones for the red carpet. They have ones for photo shoots. They have ones with mic technology for performing so they can speak to each other and things. There's different ones with different functionalities, different weights, different. They know which ones are going to photograph better. They know which ones they can move around in better. They know it. So uh, um, they they really get them uh, uh, more functionality. But these first ones with all of the lights were very clunky. They kind of assigned themselves a hell with yeah, this. It's like, yeah, it, is, yeah. it is a nice deflector for things, and it's very theatrical. It is a prison they've put themselves so they, in. So they've, they've never really said how much they spent to make the robot thing a reality. The final helmet, uh, it, uh, the final first version of the helmet are, are uh, said to cost about $65,000 each, just the production of the final helmets. So we'll never know how much these two guys sunk into like researching and developing these, especially considering NASA engineers and, and Jumbotron specialists were brought in to help. We'll never know. Uh, uh, but here is Tony Gardner again. I mean, it would be so different now if we did it, but what resources we had at the time were fairly limited, fairly large. We started working with Tom Ugly and taking it like to the next level. And how flat can we pack an information screen now? I mean, the, you can see the thickness on this is less than a quarter of an inch, and we can get you know visual readouts on that now. At the time, it's like well, these are cutting edge, and it's like okay, that was over 10 years ago. Not so much anymore. You never expect the longevity that something's going to have. It's always a nice surprise to see it continue to survive and people actually enjoy it. It's nice to see them continue to change it. And, and have it evolve too. So the really only the only version of the helmets that had some sort of facial 
uh, video component from here were the Tron ones that they used for the movie. But it's interesting to hear him talk like this because countless people have took this idea uh, with the advancement of technology and made easier versions of this. Dead Mouse's helmet lights up. If Marshmallow's helmet lights up, they like if Daft Punk had done a helmet in 2021 with the same budget, they did this. I mean, at the time, the iPhone isn't going to come out for five more <laughs> years. The iPhone's your, your Nokia yet. phone is a at this time in 2001. My dad's phone. It has my snake phone, on it. Snake on it. It's black <laughs> and white. And at this point, look at what your phone looks like now. Can you imagine what a, a full LED helmet would look if like now? If you're a 16-year-old uh, that recently discovered Daft Punk and listening to this, a cell phone at the time that the Daft Punk came, helmets came out looked like a calculator. There is no color. It is just <laughs> black dots. So, so like, back, There's no backlight or color. No yeah. backlight or color. What would a what would a fully – what if you spent $100,000 on an LED helmet now? No idea. No idea. Uh, it's awesome. So Tony has worked with the boys many times since. He was a, a crucial part, uh, um, a crucial member of the set on Electroma. Um, so he had to design a ton of uh, helmets for that. There's like the, there's an entire town of robots, and that uh, uh, he had to design a robot with a flat face for when Gimon's character takes his. Uh, face shield off. He had to do a bunch on there. Uh, no spoilers for Electroma, but he, have you ever seen it? Yeah. There, he had he had to design a, a human mask that fit over the helmets. That is that, that that's is, my favorite iteration of a lot of this stuff. So, honestly, Electroma. Yeah. What what it it does something for the Daft Punk visual brands that they carry for the There's rest a part of their where career. The whole movie's about the robots wanting to become human, and they, they have, find human masks that they put over the, the robot heads. That shit looks so funny. I can't wait for Electroma. The uh, clunky human versus robot metaphors that works. go for the rest of their career rocks. My, for, for the first like five years that I had a Facebook page, my my header photo was the photo I took of the word human on the background of their, when I saw them live. Cause I was like, in my, as my, as a 17 or like just them bla- blasting the word human. That was like my ideology as a Whoa. 17 year old human, human, human together. Human. <laughs> I was like, that was it yeah. for me. That was it for me. So I get it. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, he, he also directed the prime time of your life video and he created that l- awful, creepy little anim- animatronic no, no, doll no, no, for Technologic. No. Yes. So we will absolutely be talking about Tony Gardner in the future for the bots. The new sleek look was a perfect encapsulation of the music they wanted to bring to the work. Uh, uh, as Tony put it, they wanted to completely hide behind them and have their personality be a part of the musical experience as to as opposed to the people under them. Uh, so here is Tomas talking about robot music. Well, it's the first uh, album we're making as robots. So I don't think it's uh, completely robot music, but um, it's true that um, it's really now the mix between uh, the computer systems and the, and the, the new chip we have in our brain uh, mixed also with the fact that we still have a heart and a heartbeat so i guess it mixes the machine and the human side of uh, what we are 
<laughs> you're absolutely right. Like they they end up dropping that part of the mythos eventually, but it's so funny to just be like. Yeah, I mean, it like this music is a perfect mixture of the chip we have in our brains and the fact that we still have a human heart. <laughs> it's That's the most. So I feel like they're doing comedy. Oh, and improv, absolutely. Yeah. You know? This is where I'm like, oh, you're it's my kind of like, people. It's almost like an Andy Kaufman thing. Like, yeah. yeah like uh, the chip in my brain makes me not understand what you're talking about, but lot, we still have a human and heart. And like, they're making up as they go. They're like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, a lot of it got finished actually after we were done, but like, yeah. Um, but uh, that part yeah. was actually from human. But like, and a lot of the equipment works because, like, because of the robot parts. There's uh, a different. There's a different fun energy to the future of it when they are not talking at all, and it's like it's Pharrell being like only referring to them as the robots. Yeah, that's a different mythos building energy that I really also enjoy. But there's something really childish and fun about Tomas being like. Yeah, this mixture, this music is a mixture of the chip in my brain and my real human heart. <laughs> like I, they become so silent and it becomes very self-serious as they go on. Yeah. It would have been incredible if, after Random Access Memories, we got a movie of Daft Punk, the robots, and they talk like that. The whole, yeah. they're like, yeah, uh, due to the chip or whatever. If they talked like that for two yeah. hours, it would be incredible. Incredible. It'd be dumb as hell. Most I fans would love without it. like yeah. that, but I would love that. I, I would love it. Uh, that um, we got we got traditional music videos with Ram, but every other album cycle had some sort of visual project behind it. Daft, uh, Interstellar, Electroma. We never got their visual project from Ram, um, and yeah, they, they. I don't know. It sucks. Uh, we've talked a lot about the freedom the boys feel because of the helmets. Uh, Giman has joked about being able to fall asleep under the helmet if he's bored in public. He once uh, <laughs> he he says just like yeah if I'm bored I can just fall asleep under here nobody knows. Uh, he what once, is how much is going on? <laughs> <laughs> he once also told a journalist that he can shout under the helmet and feel like he's going crazy because no one can hear him scream. Uh, Giman once said, nobody knows what we look like. That helps us to keep a piece of our normalcy. I can go to a, a bakery in the morning and pick my nose while waiting. Nobody recognized me. That's cool. Plus, the robot mask is more interesting than our real faces. He spent a whole career in a <laughs> bazillion dollars so he can pick his nose. Buddy, you could have done that from the beginning. <laughs> I know. Hey, guess what? Uh, no, like I'm never going to be a TMZ picking my nose because nobody knows what I look like. That's awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> I can pick my nose. Nobody does. That's crazy. Well, I mean, like, if, if it would be front page TMZ news if Kanye West picked his nose in public. Because, <laughs> like, we're everybody, it would be trending on Twitter if, if Kylie Jenner picked her nose in public. That would be front page. Everybody would be talking about it. Gimon can fucking pick his nose. He can he can pick a wedgie out of his ass crack. Nobody's gonna know. He's he's a, he's a finally guy. dirty little French guys can pick their nose. Great. <laughs> Thank you, Daft Punk. Thank you, Daft Punk. <laughs> As Tomas put it, first of all, we are not stars. We hate this framework and this uh, um, uh, illusory world that is built around a pop star. That's why we wear the masks. We are not pop stars. We want to stay normal. A lot has changed in the music. Uh, industry or in the music since our last album in 97 house and electronic music has become more mainstream and, and can now be found everywhere even madonna incorporates house elements into her songs you have to go new ways in order to be heard 
You have to break the rules. You have to be innovative. It's part of our philosophy and our understanding of pop music. Pop is not just about music. Pop is visual. The masquerade is an enduring part of our daft world where this is a free spirit and there are no rules. He is. He can be very philosophical when he wants. That's great. I remember like when I was 12 or 13 looking up pictures of Tomas and Kiman because I was I was like, why would they wear the helmets? I, I guess I didn't understand the the element of of what they were doing branding wise. And I was like, they must like they must do the helmets because they're not cool or something. You know, they're just like, yeah. And I remember seeing pictures of them at that time when the coolest thing in the world to me was someone with long hair smoking a cigarette. And when I saw that they were like like kind of grimy, you know, like long-haired cigarette smoking French people, I was like, they should take those off. They're the coolest people in the world. <laughs> They're so cool. They're so cool. They have like dirty Gimon, hair and they smoke. Gimon looks just like Eddie Furlong in Terminator 2. He's so cool. He's so cool. He's so fucking cool. And now, and now it's very funny that when I see pictures of them, when I, when I saw pictures of them when I was 12, I'm yeah. like, look at these grown men and now i look at pictures of them like oh they're 20 they're they're children (laughs) so after running out of money and leaving their corporeal bodies behind (laughs) that's very funny (laughs) the boys set off to introduce the world to this massive new project an album a visually stunning anime film a bold new strategy for digital content robot personas it's hard to overstate just how far daft punk had jumped all in on the discovery era Soon enough, they would know that it was all worth it. They sold over 2.6 million copies worldwide. It charted all over the the world. It was the number three album on the dance on the U.S. dance chart. It reached number 23 albums on the U.S. Billboard 200, number two in the U.K., number one in Belgium, top ten all over the world. Uh, um. It was a massive global phenomenon. <sighs> On a BBC fan Q&A about the record, someone asked Tomas, what is the proudest moment of your career? It is yet to come, he replied. With that, let's go track by track. Let's do it. Let's do it. Track one. One more time. One more time. I was just telling you guys before we started recording, there are certain songs that I love that I intentionally don't listen to a bunch because I do not want to get tired of them. I don't think it would ever be physically possible for me to ever get tired of this song. I think I could listen to it every day for the rest of my life. You know what I love? I know what I realized about this album specifically. And and, uh, to your point one more time. Um, if I get tired of one more time, I just let the rest of the album play, uh, which is a mind blowing thing to think about because every song on this album is so unique yet. It's still discovery, you know? Uh, and that's a very cool cause, cause I was thinking about this after you, you made that point the other day, um, that it, it is, it's this song cleanses itself. This album cleanses itself of the ability to 
grow tired of itself. Like it's not a concept album in that every single song sounds the same. So many albums that are like album albums, uh, they fall victim to this, this scenario where they are very specifically like the same instrumentation, the same, um, you know, like, like it, more like the rock albums or whatever of the world that I'm more partial to in my lifetime. You know, I, I know uh, a White Stripes Icky Thump song because it's very much that same exact that thump thing. is too icky. But like my point <laughs> is, my point is like you can tell, you know, you know, other, you, you know, I, you can tell um, and you can get tired of that yeah. icky thump sound. I couldn't even put my finger on what the discovery sound is enough to get tired it, it of is, it. Yeah, it is the sound of uh, of childhood wonder. That yeah. is the that's the right. one thing they've locked onto is is if you just if you lay down and just let this album wash over you. That that sound, uh, it's pure discovery, right? It's disco. Yeah. It's very disco. Disco guys- very. It's it like it's. This nostalgic, uh, like pre, like pre innocence, uh, view of the world uh, as a child listening to something and right. saying like, "What is that?" I, I want to paint a it's, picture to to our. It's our discovering the world before here. cynicism. One of my uh, so so of the two times that we listened to this album together this weekend, right? Um, the first time I got the pleasure of of. We were by the river. I literally was scrounging around in a stream, piling up rocks and like moving sticks around while I listened to the two of you talk philosophically about these songs. And I chimed in in the distance. And I cannot express to you enough how much that discovery idea of, of, of you know, playing this album start to finish while literally discovering different parts of this forest stream and like building things and rearrange. I like it does. It, 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 it was the perfect soundtrack to that activity. And, and equally it was the perfect soundtrack to dancing under a bridge yeah. later on. The other you know, thing, uh, it's, 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 it's I, so good. I think one thing that, that um, makes this track so re listenable is that, that, that sample we're, we're going to get to the sample in a second, but the sample uh, hits and then it like it wanes into the note from the beginning of the sample yeah. so it 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 is circular in a in a way that feels so rolling wah, wah. like that that motion like when it goes from like bam 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 like it just it rolls into the next thing and it feel like there's so much movement behind it that it it feels it feels like um uh, 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 eternal. And, and so we, I, th- the way we talked about this album when we were sitting on the log by the river is maybe the most granularly I've ever talked about some of these songs. Yeah. And I'll be honest, there are a lot of tracks on this album that I, I was not revisiting more regularly because like this is a song that for a long time I wasn't putting on. Right. Cause it was just so in the ether. It was so on the radio and it was so, you know, divorced from the context of, of dancing in the club. It wasn't like something I was, I wasn't putting on the radio edits of these tunes and going back to this one. It's, it's wild because this song is the biggest track from the album. It is. I think it's the biggest track retrospectively from their career. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say with get lucky and stuff. Cause get yeah. lucky is now such a whopper. That's true. We, you know, I think of Daft Punk. Yeah. But is Get Lucky is big. Yes. You know, I mean, but I'm saying 
again, the way that my Daft mom Punk knows. Get no, no, I'm not, I'm not challenging that Get Lucky is yeah. big, if not bigger. I'm challenging the idea of is this song a song to credit? You know, in the way that Daft Punk learns and builds off of everything, I would say that anything after this song is a product of the experience with this sure, song. You know what I mean? At, look at pop music since since Get Lucky came out. Like, and also, it's, also they were built to someday write. Yeah. They've been trying to write a Nile Niles Rogers song for yeah. twenty five years, but but I, I, with this one, they talk about like you know they make this song in too long at the same time like we talked about earlier, and they say too long is their house song. This is such a fundamental house track. Yeah. It, that that nine oh nine kick is so loud in the mix. But too long, you know. Again, it's hard to talk about this album. We'll at, get to at a song long. level. Yeah, I'm just saying the the, the ability. I, I would say yes. This is a house song but too long feels like such a return to something when it starts and yeah. we'll talk about that when we yeah. get there but um but this song i don't know it it, it feels like the bridge between it's it, very it it's very much like what they were doing right together it's a it's a much better version of the stuff that they were producing for Roulette and cried yeah yeah it and, is and what you, it is they have synthesized that sound and perfected it in a way that they didn't they didn't spend as much enough time on any of their roulette or cry no more stuff to perfect right and, yeah and, and knowing super... now knowing now that one more time and too long were written is the first two things off of this yeah. album and finished um i i think informs um in my mind that informs everything in the middle so it's yeah. tough to it's it's it, those are the two house songs on the album but again it, I, yeah I, I mean i like them saying that the, they don't they're not making house music anymore i we'll talk about different songs they're they're making house music yeah, to, but, to your point this i it's kind of i was getting a, a roundabout way of getting to it but you're talking about the how circular you felt the sample is yeah. when they returned that note on the fourth one yeah and we were talking about it a lot when we were sitting there it feels like it's just like circling around that Doppler effect of it kind of. Yeah. So both the sample is circular and that it returns to the note and the, the phase shifter they use on this track and the auto filter they use that gives it that effect of circling around. So it's both the sample and the phase shifter and the filter is a blueprint for this sound and also the words just being one more time is, is, you know, that is yeah, a, cir- it's a circular. So everything actually, about this song I, is I, around the world in one more time. Yeah. It, lyrically, that is the same thing. Yeah. I took, I took it out, but I found a really interesting uh, clip of him, of Tomas talking about this song, the album, or the, this episode was just getting way too long, but he, he was saying like one, the, just the idea of a song called one more time is a it's a it's fundamentally a song about how fun it is to listen to songs again, right? Yeah. I want to hear that song one more time. You find your favorite songs, you listen yeah. to it again. And we've so done the, it. The, I mean, the th- fundamental thematic idea of this song is is the idea of revisiting music again and again. So so it's supposed to be repetitive. And when you make a tune, when you yeah. have something you like. The funnest thing you can do is just yeah. put it on and groove out to yeah. it. That's I think that cool that's something feeling. they really locked into with this kind of stuff, right? Is like like your favorite song, you listen to it. You might listen to a song every day for two years, right? Yeah. Like like if you find something, you listen to it all the time. Uh uh so the, they just distilled it into the to fifteen seconds, right? Like yeah. and, and you and you find 
this culmination of stuff when when they that the the bridge of this song is so quiet and beautiful and you lose yourself into it and and you hear it building up and you know it's coming back and the build back into it is so prolonged and and extended and you're and you are getting getting woken out of this like beautiful trance of that bridge and he, uh, like the chant of one more time over and over again until they finally drop it at the end for the final break it is euphoric it's yeah. euphoric yeah what is the daft punk sound to me and it's something that i especially hear when i'm like a little bit inebriated it's it's <laughs> so the sample from this the way they have the filter and the phase shifter on it when I'm a little bit, you know, buzzed or whatever, it feels like it has these fudgy, fuzzy edges yeah. around the sound, yeah. you know, these kind of like very synthetic waves on top of an organic sample. And you hear it in homework, you hear it for the rest of their career. But I think this is a phenomenal example that that sample itself being filtered and phase shifted like that. And just so, sounds like Daft Punk. And I think, the out, oh, go for it. I was just going to say, I think the other thing about this song, you know, that we, you know, with, with 2020 hindsight here, um, this is their debut of a a song that's focusing on another person and the vocals, too, which is, again, this yeah. is coming out of the gate with here are words and here's Romanthony. Like yeah. that is, that is a thing that they consciously did to start and close with a Romanthony thing, yeah. which I think is also very important uh, as a, as a, as you know, not just one of the reasons that this song is great, but also one of the very decisive decisions they made yeah. right yeah. at the beginning of this. And album. Because was, all their big hits, right? Yeah. This, this face to face off this album and the other the, the two whoppers from the career, Pharrell songs and, and the dude from the Strokes. Like, yeah, Instant Crush. These are their, I mean, their bread and butter. I mean, I think that these are those moments that like we talk about over and over where one plus one equals three, not two, because yeah. they are they're they're working with people they like and they are learning from well, these. Well, two plus people. one equals four, not yeah. three, would well, be I in think, the case of Daft Punk. I think exactly. um, <laughs> we'll get I mean, we're we're a ram is way down the line. But I, I, my theory on Ram is them teaching stuff to a new yeah. crop of artists. Which that makes total they're sense. Lear- too. Like every every time that they're doing this, they're learning from people that they want to learn from. Ram is them like the young people, Pharrell and Julian Casablancas and Panda Bear. That I think that is them picking exciting new artists that they're going to let that they're going to again. In, I don't know. They might on. be the same age as they, Pharrell and Julius true. Casablancas. They're yeah. contemporaries. But if you, so but look, they are it, teaching that to the generation below them. Yes. I think you are correct. But yeah. I also think, if yeah, you I don't look, think they're learning anything from Julian. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because right. listen to the like That's again. True. I'm going to use is, no. You might be right. I'm going to use your own quote here. The panda bear sound comes through no more i know than, like no i know than, they, like, i think they they're are working learning. with the, they're I mean, working with them but right but they're not learning i mean they're they know everything they need to know by that point i don't know if that those i don't know, I don't know if those two guys would ever say that though no I, I, know. I think that that is not a word that they would ever no, I know. say but, and i think that like more so ram turning out the way it turned out i i, I think to prove to serve your point more they're, so is them it's think, pronounced rom i think self they they wanted to work with people they wanted to learn from this album they they worked with people they wanted to work with with ram and right. and then the, then the older folks on ram 
they wanted to like but, Giorgio, uh, like the older folks, Giorgio Niles, they probably like that was a, a special experience from them. Right. But for like folks like Panda Bear, they're like, you are doing interesting stuff. We would like to do interesting stuff with you. That you know I wonder if there I wonder if there is a lot of like we, I think we're we categorize it in terms of of like what we think they're doing. I wonder how much thought they put into it or if it's just like wouldn't yeah. it be cool if we got to hang out with this person? I mean, I yeah. would say that, would, that it yeah. like it doesn't like somebody knowing everything they're going to know or learning there or, are the or, legend or, people or just on that album from, that they wanted to work but I don't, with, right? Yeah. Just like just like they were like we're, we want to we want to see what Romanthony is doing. We yeah, it is a highlight of our career to work with Niall Rogers. It's a highlight of our career to work with Giorgio. Wouldn't it be cool if we did something with Panda Bear? That it's like a different. Yeah, but it is I a different thing. But I, I wonder what that conversation looks like. I would for say them. though, like again. It doesn't Ram is not a victory lap where it's like, look at everything we've perfected and we're going to do it. You know what I mean? I think it, it is. I think it is their victory lap. I don't think they thought it was. I don't we'll think that. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll get, get to, to it later. We, we we'll we'll cannot talk later. about Ram. This is already a three hour episode. <laughs> so one more time was released to the public November 13th, 2000, full four months before the album hit shelves. The single was initially released without a video backing it, which is incredible to think about considering how essential music videos were to this industry in the year 2000. Obviously, it will eventually get a, a, um, a music video, uh, which is the first four minutes or whatever of the movie Interstellar, which we'll talk about next week. We'll get to that. It is wild that they didn't. Uh, yeah. How important was the music not- video component was to their last album. Yeah. I bet it's because they sunk so much fucking money into yeah, the anime. It wasn't ready yet. It just wasn't ready yet. Yeah. They I if I, I bet I bet they would have wanted videos and the anime. I believe that and I yeah. bet that they got they, they could not have both. Yeah. The boys were keenly aware of this but also had big plans for the video element to accompany the song. They said uh, oh, this is uh, Tomas. Uh, the goal the goal is not to favor promotion, but to visualize everything that surrounds the work with artistic values. That's awesome. They talked they talked a lot about it in this era. They do not want to produce stuff for promotional purposes. If they're making promotional material, they want to make it for artistic purposes. That's really cool to me. So a video would eventually be released. The opening clip of their Leji Matsumoto directed anime called Interstellar 555. An entire space epic set to the Discovery record. And we will be discussing that in detail uh, after our Discovery episode. Even without a a video, this uh, song became an instant sensation, eventually becoming the first Daft Punk single to sell more than a million copies. It did not, however, outperform anything from the Homework album on its initial run. In the States, it reached number 61 on the Billboard Hot 100, tying their best effort from uh, from Homework, and that was Around the World. Uh, one more time, did reach the top 10 in 26 different global charts, including the top spot on the Euro Hot 100 chart and the number one spots on the dance chart ch- charts in the United States, the UK, Belgium, Portugal, and Australia, and France, obviously. Uh, this is also perhaps the most well-known sample flip in Daft Punk history. Let's hear how they take Eddie John's, uh, Eddie John's song, More Spell on You. And flip it into one more time. (laughs) 
So that was the original song. We're going to hear it slowed down, chopped up, and then we're going to hear it. by that those like fuzzy edges around the song that phase shifter and that filter just you hear the sample and it's a groove and it's just those those little tiny squiggles around the sounds in your brain there's videos and and they all went re-viral again when uh they retired there's videos of people chopping this up it is three distinct parts of the song uh they are scrambled around so they're put in different places uh um chronologically they're pitched down and they're slowed down and they're crammed together uh so this is yeah it's just one of the most famous examples of them finding tiny parts of a song and completely changing it into something new uh interestingly there are four samples credited in the liner notes of discovery this is not one of them. After years of internet sleuthing, the Eddie John sample was discovered. Once it was uncovered, though, reporters surfaced that this it, it had been approved, even if it wasn't mentioned in the album. So uh, there was like a, a uproar once it was discovered, like this is a, this is a sample, but uh, uh, it was all approved and went through the proper channels, and Eddie John got his you know his pay and whatever. He so. got his nut. They he I got his nut. They, they're they're masters of of being in control of their spin and their image and stuff. And when they say this is what happened, we always think that's what happened. But I, you know, they, they, they also, I think fudge a lot of the stuff with some of the stuff on this album and that's fine. Who cares? I, yeah. don't, I don't, I don't need them to pull back the curtain on everything they did for this no. record. It's, it's not satisfying not, yeah. to have them explain it. No. Cause if we I, find it as a fan community, yeah, that's cool. By all, it, it's like bitcoin if we're all mining it for 20 years we'll yeah. find the samples but i don't need them to explain it to absolutely me. not um that's one more time uh track two aerodynamic That's so a good. track that could easily, and we'll hear it on a live 2007, have a, a kick drum under every hit, right? Yeah. That poof, 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 poof. yeah. But it has that. And they get there. They do. Yeah. But but the, the core of the track does not. It's yeah. got that offbeat, that bump, yeah. bump, bump. And it's And then it, in it's the satisfying. middle of it, they take time to just let that. Uh, that solo breathe. There's no bass under it yeah. for the whole first introduction of that that um, solo track. It's just that, and I th- it's like disorienting. It's not what you expect from Daft Punk. It's just there and interesting. What is this? It's like the '80s hair metal stuff and the glam rock stuff, and you're think like, uh, uh, yeah, it's exactly what they were talking about. They're just those weird noises that are not cool anymore. Yeah. That this they is, are remembering from their childhood. This is absolutely a track that you, if you, if you listen, if if you put this in your computer, you could make this a house track. Yeah, it's it's there, it's right there, and they chose not to because th- this is the you know one more time, 
that's a house track. This is the first time yeah. on the album where I'm like, oh, they are truly but, moving away yeah. from opportunities this, to this, do this dance This moment, tracks. aerodynamic think, to I, me, feels like the moment that you, you 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 look up and you say we're not in Kansas anymore uh, for Daft Punk. It really does. I mean, it's even it's so Kansas, by, the, France, by the end of it. When once they build and everything comes together, that's groovy as hell. It, it is a groove, as hell by it's the end. But it's not groovy, yeah. but it's it not doesn't follow the yeah. formula. Yeah. 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 I mean, it doesn't follow the formula that they followed for house music. It doesn't. This is arranged like a stadium anthem that somehow hold on to this insane groove i mean it's that that guitar solo is something that like i, I mean like it, that is a, a guitar solo that won't work in most rock songs because it's so like glam rock stadium kind of sound i mean yeah that is a sound that's yeah. not even welcome in rock music it's, at this that's time. what i mean it is it is it's a, a sound two-handed tapping yeah, guitar, tap guitar solo so it's yeah. man, 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 it's yeah. an eddie van halen yeah style. that's yeah that is it's, two-handed tapping was one of the most important parts of my guitar style right. playing. Right, I used to play a lot of rhythmic two-handed tapping, totally. and it was very passe when yeah. I learned it. When I asked my guitar teacher to teach me it, he would say like, "No, that's no, we not don't, cool. No, no, we don't do that." <laughs> and this style of that, like man, is very uncool. Yeah. And for them to do it synthetically yeah. is really wild. It's not, yeah, but they again they were tapping into stuff from their childhood. It sounds and there's it, an Atreyu, yeah, yeah, two-handed absolutely. tapping sample that sounds a lot or song that sounds a lot like this. Uh, this is Tomas speaking. Some people might think that the guitar solo on Aerodynamic uh, is in bad taste, but for us, it's all about being true to ourselves yeah. and not caring what other people think. We really tried to include most of the things we liked as kids and bring that sense of fun to it. He also commented commented that the end of the track is completely baroque music a classical composition we put into synthetic form that it's that's fun incredible. to hear him say that because yeah. i was going to i was when we were listening to it this weekend i keep i kept thinking about how baroque some of yeah. these sounds are yeah you hear it in some of the more like classically classical tracks yeah the glam rock and hair metal element of the two-handed tapping and the influences that they have makes it feel like Daft Punk exists in a world that skips 1989 to 1994. It skips grunge. Yeah. It skips all of that. Yeah. There Which is by, no, by no, 2000 people were over that. Right. Yeah. Anyway. It, so it's, it, it's like a world where it goes straight from hair metal and all that weird seventies disco shit right into the nineties. And it skips that era yeah. of, of punk and grunge. Which and it really does. Yeah. There is no, I love all that stuff. And that was important to me and is important to me in some ways. Daft Punk has nothing to have, say about those way, years. We have a way of saying like, once we find a new thing, the old stuff's not cool anymore. And all this music gets pulled from the last thing that is considered cool. That that doesn't mean that everything before that's not cool. They yeah. have a, they have a way of saying like, okay, you guys are all tooling around in this stuff you think is cool and say everything before that's not cool anymore. We're going to show you that that stuff was fucking cool and then yeah. do it. You know, I truly feel that like Eiffel 65, <laughs> I'm blue is cool to me. Yeah, that's cool I, to I, me. I don't, I so, don't, I think I don't the, feel that erasure <laughs> yeah. of the years before you. I think the placement of this song at number two, 
and also the number two single off the album is incredibly intentional. It's wanting to step out and explore away from the sound and recording techniques that uh, had started to seep into the world of house music. This was their cue to the world that they were on to some weird new shit. Quote from Thomas, a lot of house music today uh, just uses samples from disco records from the 70s and 80s. While we might have some disco influences, we decided to go further and bring in all the elements of music that we liked as children, whether it's disco, electro, heavy metal, rock, classical, whatever. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, I, you can absolutely hear that here. This is this was them. It like like you said, this is their statement. We're doing something new. We're we're drawing from new influences. We're we're creating a new sound, a new style, and that was this single. Uh, we, and that this single was released March twenty eighth, two thousand one, just a couple weeks after the release of the album. Uh, uh, considering what's coming down the pipe, it's interesting that this was the second single. I didn't, it, it didn't very, it didn't really perform as well as one more time or what will come after it. Um, um, but, uh, also, uh, what we'll find out next week is they also intentionally wanted to release the first four songs as singles right in a row. So people, watching the trajectory of the singles come out could follow the story of the movie what this this song does and what i liked for a a while but i have also kind of like i'm over the hump now on is like electro yeah there's a lot of electro here and and it was like an incredible explosion of this stuff for a long time afterwards that i really did love and that i am very much over the hump on oh yeah there was years of electro music yeah, that electro. i just i'm not i don't think i'm as into electro i got into this music around you know the earl like uh, a little bit after this so i'm in high school i graduated in 2006 i get i get introduced and interested to this music around 2005 2006 yeah and that's like Afrojack. You know, like Electro, yep. Wolfgang yep. Gartner, Electro. That sound. Electro. Uh, yeah. Wolfgang Gartner, Electro. And that was. That there was, was a time where Electro. Yeah. In like the festival world. Yeah. Was, was more was popular it. than House. It. That Electro was, it. was the music. I thought I like in, in like 2008, I thought a Wolfgang Gartner was going to be. The biggest thing the in the biggest whole thing world. In the world. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know if he's even around anymore. Because like if Af- he's listening, yeah. congratulations. Like, I, I did not know that Afrojack was still making music until very recently. And I heard one of his new songs, and it's just it's just him trying to do chain smokers. Yeah. Because he he's but like, yeah, that, that was, electro that was the thing. thing. That was the thing. And this there uh, it's not and just that was, a song, yeah, but, but like this, this, this is created the beginning that. of a yeah, lot of that. That's what you stuff. that's what I mean. When we as you're rediscovering this and going back and finding out what they're doing and finding out where they're drawing their influences. You hear time and time again, shit like this starting movements. Yeah, exactly. This sound. It's like if you dilute this song, it becomes a Wolfgang Gartner. And and if you dilute human after all, it becomes the, like the second wave of French touch with like, with like justice and shit. Like absolutely every single step of their career, they, they, Find noises that other people make careers out of. Yeah, over and over and over again. Yeah. And the every, only every song is someone's whole career. It, yeah, it's really crazy, right? It really is. Um, track three, digital love.
I'm so Ooh. glad that you played that little section right there. Yeah. Because uh, my my point on digital love is always going to be, uh, we've heard this this the, the, that quote a few times. It's the wimpiest noises ever. Oh yeah. Sucked. But like. Uh, about about earlier stuff is the wimpiest noises ever, but somehow it's the, one of the hardest songs. That right there, that moment is that for oh, me yeah. in Daft Punk. should put that it, it in is, a Gap commercial. It is. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> it is so incredibly wimpy, and then that 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 beat comes in, and it's just like, oh, it's it's tough. Yeah, man. But it has that same moment you talked about. Um, in, it is. In it is. The, a, it's um, a. It's one a, more time. Where like you you have that breather you have that breath of that yeah. like kind of euphoric spacey heady kind of moment and then boom come right back into that this that, is this th- is the glam group. rock side of things right yes. this is the this is the uh uh this is the music from the eighties that we look back on now is like that is cheesy as fuck like how do people like that and but this it, but is cheesy it yeah. is cheesy but they've captured it in a way that is so it's like undeniable. It is incredibly catchy and dancey. I love this track. It's but if, cheesy. if I played this for a kid, they'd be like, "Yeah, that's really cheesy." <laughs> yeah, it's cheesy. I like. I'm okay with cheesy. Yeah, cheesy is okay. Um, I think worth talking about because this is the Frenchest. They sound, <laughs> vo- no, truly yeah. vocally, this yeah. is the most you hear the inflection yeah. of their own voices. Maybe in their entire career. Like about the history, man. Yeah, you can hear them. Yeah, you can hear their accent in a way. It's like not as buried under uh, the auto-tune or the vocoders or anything. This is one of the few times it feels like it's just one of them singing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I uh, I don't know. I don't. I didn't look it up. Uh, who sings it? Uh, once again, we like. it's hard to say which one of these guys sings either one. Some of them... They have come out and said like who, which one it is. I uh, bet this is Tomas because it feels like it's upper register stuff. It is. It's yeah. Um, yeah. Um, who sang the robots? Yeah. So like Reddit says that it is. It's Tomas, but I don't know that we're ever like. Yeah, if it's confirmed or not. Is this the one the, where they got the lyrics from? Was it DJ Sneak? Well, yeah, we'll talk about oh, that. Cool. It is DJ Sneak. Um, we yeah, were so buzzed this. There's weekend. no, there's no confirmation which one is which. But yeah. you, what, what we do know that um, that Gimon has a lower singing voice. Tomas has a higher register singing voice. And uh, I would, yeah, I would probably say that this is probably Tomas, but we don't know for sure. We were a little, we were a little buzzed this weekend. This was the first time. Like I said, oh, they sound French. I've ne- like truly, <laughs> yeah. I've I've heard the song a zillion times. Yeah, I've never been like, oh, I can hear their accent in the song. You yeah. don't you usually don't notice that. Yeah, because like yeah, this one is like it's filtered, but it's much less yeah. of there's much it less of like the vocal order singing. on it. Yeah, yeah. So the single reached number two in England and Fra- France, never cracked the Billboard Hot 100. It reached number nine on the U.S. Dance Chart though. And it reappeared at number 23 the week that these boys split 20 years later. I thought you were going to say the year the, the or the, the week the uh, Gap commercial came out. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really funny. Uh, no, 20 years after this it came broke, out. It broke into the it top 20. It bro- bro- broke into the top 25. The, the, so that's that's crazy. They fixed the um, the metrics for the Billboard charts like eight or nine to, years ago to, in- to incorporate streaming yeah. stuff. So now... If a group breaks up and you get, you know, 500 million streaming yeah. plays, all the songs go back up, which is good because that's the most accurate yeah. metric there was of what's going on in one, music right um, now. What was the one recently where it was like uh, some like 
some Madonna song or whatever went all the way back to number one out of nowhere yeah. or something just out of like really random. That's very interesting to me. It's been happening around. That's cool. Uh, although it didn't have the global radio power as one more time, it definitely left a cultural impact. It was used in several commercials and MTV shows like <clears throat> Next and Pimp My Ride. Most famously, the boys appeared as bedenimed robots alongside Juliette Lewis. Bedenim. and a- <laughs> That's Andy language right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're bedenimed. They're, They're head- bedenimed. <laughs> They're bedenimed. That's really good. <laughs> They're head to toe denim, Shout baby. Out to Andy does an incredible job of writing the scripts Aww, for these episodes. He really you. knocks it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been having so much fun writing these. I uh, for for those people listening, uh, uh, in a former uh, version of my life, I was a journalist. So this show's given me a reason. So he has to, to use bedenimed every day. <laughs> back yeah, then. yeah. I got I got paid five cents every time I use the word like bedenimed. <laughs> That's a ten cent word to me, <laughs> That's buddy. That's a ten cent word, baby. They <laughs> uh, uh, they 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 were head to toe denim 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 jackets, denim shorts. Juliet Lewis is in like a denim tank top. They're head to toe denim. They're bedenim to hell. In a Gap ad um, that featured the song at the time, Tomas said there aren't many companies that would want to see two robots dancing with Juliet Lewis. They were the first people that asked. We didn't uh, we didn't hesitate because LL Cool J and Aerosmith had done it before. Juliet's very cool. Guimond did a Q&A with uh, BBC to promote Discovery. Someone asked him about his sense of fashion, and he said, Gap, only Gap for contractual reasons. We can only use their clothing. That's why we're barefoot all the time. <laughs> That's incredible. That's yeah. great. I, I mean, I do I do like that element of, of comedy, whether it's intended yeah. or not. That is so a good point you made earlier. I associate – this is, this is like very in my brain, but I associate Daft Punk – with Nile Rodgers and Madonna because growing up this commercial was on the air, the Daft Punk Juliet Lewis. And there was a Daft, uh, a gap commercial of Rashida Jones and the bad guy from Donnie Darko <laughs> wearing vests. And they're playing dress you up by Madonna, yeah, which yeah. is the other, one of my favorite Madonna songs. Nile Rodgers uh, produced the first few Madonna records. He did holiday. He did that song. And in my brain, I think of this song and I think of Dress You Up. Yeah. And these are these like like disco dance songs. They're the same thing to me. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> wild to grow up and learn about how much Daft Punk and Madonna and Nile yeah. Rodgers are one thing. Because in my head, it was just like, that's that sound. Yeah. yeah. And, and it all... was. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's really it's weird. It's very funny to me that in her 50s. Madonna put on a dance music record called M M D N A. That's crazy. <laughs> it's weird. I saw her. So, at, I, I don't think I told this on the podcast. I went to Ultra one year, <laughs> and she she was there to promote. She was not there to perform. She did not perform anything. She was there to promote M D N A as her new party record. And in the middle of Avicii's set, he like takes the music down, and he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen." welcome madonna and she didn't sing anything she didn't do anything she walked out on stage with a microphone clearly inebriated slurring her words and she was like has anybody seen molly and she's like a grandma (laughs) and she's like asking people in the crowd for that's the name of her granddaughter (laughs) yeah that's the name of her granddaughter it was it was one of the craziest experiences what is hard to wrap my head around 
I guess it's not. These guys turned down collaborating with Madonna, yeah. which they could have done. But in 1999, you hear Tomas playing Madonna tunes oh, yeah. in his DJ sets because they recognize that, that what yeah. they like about Madonna is Nile Rodgers production. Yeah. So they could have, they, you know, they these love, love these songs. Yeah. They play these tunes. They love Madonna's tracks. That they they turned on working with her because they want that. Yeah. That's really, that's really Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. And they, they got it eventually. They did. DJ Sneak is one of the three heroes of the boys that worked on this record. Um, so after doing a set in Ibiza with Tomas and Guimon, the three of them just spun together in Ibiza. We got to go to Ibiza. <laughs> we ha- like That's a destination trip that we have to take together at some point. Oh, we will. Um, we will. Uh, I have never been and I have to go, but, uh, we're after, not coming back. we're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make, we'll just make like a little, like a live 2021 <laughs> coffee house out there and just live on the beach. Uh, uh, so, but after playing with them in Ibiza, he agreed to collaborate and what ended up happening was that he wrote the lyrics for this. He did not contribute any, anything musically, but he did a uh, DJ sneak, um, uh, Puerto Rican born Chicago DJ. He wrote all the lyrics, which is very cool. Uh, because they were drawing on inspiration from glam rock and disco records from their childhood, they wanted to leave room for a solo or two on this uh, this record. And the Digital Love one is an all-timer. Uh, smashing guitar notes, synths, and other elements together with a sequencer, the boys created a- an incredible soundscape unlike anything I've ever heard. And this is a little bit longer. We just have I just we have to hear this whole solo because it is it's something that it's just incredible. One of the chunks of the album that like made me think like, oh, there's something Baroque about this. That yeah. that little like wind up before the guitar solo part is very Baroque sounding. I, just listening to that, I just realized that there was a quote from Guimond that I somehow forgot to find a place for in this. Um, uh, but uh, it was from that um, Mix Online interview I, I took a chunk out of. He... It, the, the interview was continuing to poke and prod him about like the specifics of where did this sound come from? Who wrote this? Who played this? And eventually he was like, listen, guy, I don't, I can't tell you <laughs> like we, we have reworked and I can't even tell you what's guitars. I can't tell you if this came from a piano or not because like we, we lay something down and then we fuck with it until I, I don't know. There's so much on this record. And he said like, like there's, um, uh, um, like some of the best noises come from a mistake. Like, I don't like, 
some of it's just like it happened naturally in the moment from a, a, a mistake and we kept it like who knows where this stuff came from this this is i think that obviously the basis of this was a guitar guitar yeah. but there is so much here that stretched out and in and affected and warped and whizzled like that it becomes something that a guitar could never it's do. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. There's something I don't, I'm going to do a bad job of explaining this and I guess we'll talk about it later in the album too. We were talking about one more time where it is this circular sample where it's like, bum, 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 bum. At the end, it returns to the first note in this one. At the end of the sample, they repeat the final note a couple times. Yeah. Like they're going to do it in another track um, for harder, better, faster, stronger. There's something about when you chop up a track and you are pressing the buttons to sample it, that you've gotten the melody part out of the sample that you like. So you just keep repeating the note that sounds good to fill out the bar that you, it's just it's just the nature of it right you're sampling yeah. and you're just pressing and then you just like press the last one a couple times to fill out the bar and fill out the groove and when we get to face to face we do not do that because Todd Edwards style yeah is not to just fill out the bar with the sample he leaves these spaces of air yep. in the chops so there are these chunks where there is no sample. Yeah. It's it's a bunch of glitchy stuff he's and there making, are little silences. He's making a melody through through silence. Yeah. In, in, yeah. He leaves the silence. Absolutely. And they don't hear. They and it absolutely is don't. it's I think the best example of that repetition is gonna be in in uh in in uh harder, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh he Gimon said, sometimes you get real nice stuff by random or mistake. This album is a combination of mistakes and things done on purpose. Like, just yeah. like, I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't I know. Just, I just think about when I sample stuff and I chop it up and I'm just playing yeah. it. And it's like, I, I'm afraid to leave a little bit of air in there. So I just keep pressing put, the button. Yeah, like, boom, if, boom, if you put boom, boom, 30 or different. 30 or four different warps and, and, and filters and compressions on a, on a one noise. You're like, I don't know how, I don't remember how I got yeah. here. And, and they do like that, that, that solo is to me just something that nobody else ever could have done. Cause they just kept fucking with that thing until they warped it into something completely new. I, that is something incredible to me. And if your favorite thing in the world was the song alive, Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might hate this. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. If your favorite thing is this wall-to-wall reverby club banger, yeah. you might not. But yeah. this is such a wonderful noise they made. Absolutely. So good. When, and if, if, if this, if one more time is your favorite thing in the world, and then you listen to Giorgio by Marauder, the same thing. Or, or like, you listen to this album, and, and then you hear Prime Time yeah. of Your Life, every album they do something crazy wildly different but the bones of it the way they compile stuff and the way they build their tracks is exactly the same if you like if you like daft punk you like all this stuff but you might just like you might songs. like you might like you this might like version this song of it. yeah you know? uh, um yeah the cuz they they continue to daft find daft punk is the process yeah they daft continue punk is not the song to find though. new and interesting ways to to make the same ideas happen yeah over and over again 
Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's the idea of, of of perpetually making something new, which is going to perpetually turn off the people who have found the place they're happy. You know, and that's yeah. I think that's where you see people criticize, you know, and criticize the next thing. You know, the people who don't like human after all, and then maybe you know, the there's a lot of people that don't like Ram. I yeah. I'll say it right now. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it. We're gonna do a big review episode at the end of all of this. But uh, I'll just tell everybody right now that Random Access Memories is my favorite uh, studio album. I'm there with you on that one. Um, and I, 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 mean, I might be coming around for studio. I, I album. just don't. Yeah. I don't I, like again. We don't we don't we're not going to get too deep into to Ram right now. I just I, it's very difficult to especially from our analytical seats where we're at right now to look at Daft Punk as anything other than the entire thing. I yeah. mean, I know we're going to challenge ourselves to do that. Uh, and, and we all have our own conclusions. <laughs> Maybe they'll change by the time we get there. Who knows? But I think that like, again, it is important to, to, to continue to mention that like you said it before, Daft Punk is what they're doing, not what they're creating, yeah. you know? And I think that yeah. that is what is important. Um, to, Daft Punk that is their friendship. Yeah, Daft Punk is their friendship. <laughs> Daft Punk is their 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 way of continuing Daft to Daft Punk is things. the friends we met along the way. <laughs> Daft Punk is the friends right. we met along the way. What's We're a... in the middle of an incredibly long episode, and I know we don't need more information, but I've been looking up Niall <laughs> Rogers' stuff. Yeah. And the B-52s are one of my favorite bands. They he, make all this new wave shit, and involved? he produced the album... He executive produced the album with Love Shack in I, Rome. I feel like every time I learn something new that he has a, a toe into, I'm like, I'm really? About, I'm about he's, to order his autobiography he's, right uh, That's now. a really good idea because he's honestly one of the most like enigmatic music industry people. He's he, incredible. He has like the more I learn about him the, and the more he has influenced different types of musicians throughout the years. It's really incredible. You, yeah. When we get done recording this episode, we'll just listen to Holiday because yeah. when you listen to it, you can just hear yeah. house music. Uh, all right. Track four. Harder, better, faster, stronger. So it's it's funny to me because in my mind, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger is a much simpler song than it is. Absolutely uh, it's, not. It's crazy. We didn't, we didn't even hit. We heard it in the clip of Tomas talking in Japan. Yeah. They play the chunk of that song where you just hear that slap repeat yeah. of the end of it. Yeah. That is the part I don't think about when I hear the song. Yeah. yeah. I think of I think of it contextualized by Kanye West's remix of it. Yeah. That slappy end of the sample that boom 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 is incredible. There is, there is a uh, one of one of the internet's first viral videos ever is Daft Fingers. Uh, do you remember this? Mm -mm. When this album came out, a, a young uh, a young woman made an, uh, a video of the... It's uh, The video is just her fists. Oh, I do remember this, yeah. And she, she's pointing her different fingers, and each one of her fingers has one of the words yep, I do remember on that. this. I do remember and that. And that, that though, though they never made uh, a video for this song beyond Interstellar, that video perfectly encapsulates, just like the Around the World video, the complexity of the simplicity of yeah. this song. Yeah. Because uh, 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 what a sentence! The complexity of the simplicity, and I agree completely <laughs> with that. I completely agree with that statement. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 cool to listen 
at you know again we talk about the granular level that we entertained talking about this album this weekend and it's it, it is it's remarkable to look at something that close and to see that there is indeed I, and I'm going to fucking say it there's brilliance in every sound every sound oh, yeah. that comes out of this album and it's 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 crazy to say that and now believe it when I say it after looking this close uh, at this album. It, it, there's there's not a noise that is a mistake. There is not a sound that they were unhappy with that they left in. There is not... Uh, I think if you asked... Uh, if, I think if you ask them, every one of these songs is the perfect version of itself, uh, which like I think that's the level of perfection that they... The standard they held themselves to in making this album, and, and it shows. It shows in these moments. I mean, there there was a tap guitar solo layered over the words, and uh, just in that little clip, yeah. that you, and that it's it's an insane sound to hear. So this one actually um, is the I think uh, this is the most direct and obvious sample. Uh, yeah. On this album, uh, and it comes from a song called "Cola Bottle Baby" by Edward Edwin Birdsong. What a good dumbass old name oh, for a yeah. song, "Cola Bottle." Oh Baby. yeah, and you'll see what I mean. We're gonna play a clip. You'll see what I mean by the most direct and obvious sample uh, right here when we listen to this. <laughs> It's very clear where this song came from, from that song. Uh, but Edwin Birdsong, like other people Daft Punk uh, has sampled, has a writing credit on this song. The original song was released on Birdsong's self-titled fourth album in 1979 and was mostly forgotten by t 2001 when it was reworked into Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. In 2016, Birdsong said, I recorded Cola Bottle Baby 30 years ago, and here comes some guys from France. I asked them, where did you find the music? And they said, I was going through bins and it popped out. I am blessed and I continue to be blessed by opening my arms to God every day. The song was later repurposed by Kanye West, uh, bringing Birdsong's original groove to an even bigger audience. He died uh, a few years after that quote. He died in 2019, having known that uh, his music had a completely global impact that he never yeah. would have otherwise. So uh, um, I, I think it's a beautiful story to hear that this this guy who had inspired a lot of different funk and soul musicians uh, from his career in the seventies that he got to, to see his, his sounds repurposed in a way that brought them to, to a global uh, music when he, you know, when he kind of had seen his stuff left behind, I think it's really cool. This is also, I think Daft Punk is not using samples as wholesale yeah. like this for this album. Um, other than this track, they do it in, in Cry to More and Roulette. This is the way they're going to use samples on the next record, oh, yeah. Unhuman After All. This feels like, even though the production on this track is incredibly pop-oriented and busy and has all these like really polished sounds on it, this is a style of producing songs that they will use a lot a few years later. Absolutely. 
Uh, the song also hemped, uh, helped cement Daft Punk's legacy. It was uh, uh, the version of this off Alive 2007 was the single off that record. We'll talk about that eventually. But the live version won these boys a Grammy for d uh, best dance recording uh, um, the year the, the live album came out. So I believe that was their first Grammy. I don't think they won one before that. Uh, years later, HuffPost music critic Daniel Jeekins said, For all the gifts electronic deities Daft Punk have bestowed upon pop music, no track feels quite as iconic or ingenious as Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. It's hard to think of a dance track that's as prominent in popular culture or as influential to modern electronic music. The part of this song that is, I think, that is sampled in Kanye's stuff, for the, the part you remember from <laughs> Kanye's track... Yeah is the vocals. It's, yeah. And what I am least interested in this track is the vocals, I think. What they do with that sample and the way they put a little more funk underneath it with a dance beat is incredible. It's really crazy it's to just, think. It just it makes they, you want to throw shapes and slag your hear, hands they to hear, it. They hear this weird groo funk groove from the 70s, and they cr crunch it and, pr and, and pitch it up Yeah, into a, a new weird groove. And then Kanye hears it and, and pitches it down and slows it down yeah. into something. I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the Kanye version of this song. I'm a big fan of Kanye in this era. Yeah. Like the way he would take. This graduation? These, no, it's the uh, one after. Uh, 808s and Heartbreak. Okay. Uh, I, I loved the era of him pitching up samples and f speeding them up. Yeah. This was an era where he was really just noodling and yeah. he like I, he did something to this song that Graduate, i think lost uh, the part stronger on graduation is that oh, true it is oh true. i'm That's incorrect I thought. then i thought, I thought it was the last one okay yeah yeah um but anyway uh, this was in an arrow kanye <laughs> was it the peak of his game he, he he was wearing uh glasses like sunglasses you couldn't see through oh no this yeah that i i so right. it was late registration and college dropout yeah. and then this record and then graduation and then 808 because this is because because he started to get those darker, uh, not the, the world's preeminent uh, Kanye podcast now. Uh, he started to get a little bit of darker undertones on graduation that then came through in 808s. And this yeah. is one of those moments there. We would not have had um, the Daft Punk tracks on Yeezus if it no. weren't for this no. one, right? No, that one got them. Yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they uh, they didn't have they didn't have anything to do with the production of his version. Stronger. Uh but they okayed it. Right. Uh, and then they played live with him at the Grammys. And then, yeah, just through that, through those channels, they ended up producing for him on, uh, on Yeezus. Black Skinheads? Yeah. They and, produced four uh, of them. Yeah. I can't remember they, all of them. I, it was the mostly drums and stuff, but yes. it sounded great. So Yeezus what is I, an incredible what, from what I under, From what I understand, uh, they the four tracks they produced, they supplied all the drum patterns and those were all things that they had created in the ram cycle of production and then given to him as gotcha. like stuff that they weren't end up they weren't going to end up using which is crazy like yeah. any of those drums drums on ram would have been yeah. i, I, I just, mean this is a great I mean. like, great record they put so much work into these i know that there's stuff that they abandoned I don't like. I don't care if it's unfinished or uh, or Whatever dirty. I would love if they were just like, here is four hours of stuff that it's all incomplete. But just this is stuff. These are drum patterns and weird beeps and boops that we've worked on over the years. And whatever would have come after Ram would have been very small because yeah. Ram 
was gigantic. My, my thought, what I assumed always for them, and we'll get it. I, you know what? Uh, we'll I, I'm going to talk. Yeah. You know I, hey, goes one more point. One more point on. on uh, yeah. On, I'm going to talk about that. Harder, better, faster, episode. stronger yeah. specifically. I think it is, again, worth pointing out that we're robots now and, and this is a new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that harder, better, faster, stronger really plays into that robot mythos. You know, it's talking about, you know, yeah, it's being about being it, has, it has DNA with it technology. Does. It really yeah. does. It has that same feeling, you know. And again, this is the first song, you know, like everything on this album, you know, it, it's got a little, you know, even Digital Love's got the robot feel to it, the digital word or whatever. But I think that there is, uh, if there is a, a, uh, is it a is it a cowbell in in the yeah, offbeat? The, cow the cowbell for some reason for or me, or maybe like a ride. Yeah, bell it just hit. it just feels to ding, me ding. It, that noise right there gives me that assembly line mechanical yeah. feeling in this song that I yeah. think is very cool. You know, it almost makes me assembly think assembly line's a great it, way to yeah, describe it, that. It, this would be like a perfect song for uh, a showcase of the like the the auto assembly line over time in Detroit or something, you know, because it does it captures that robotic mechanic sound this very well, but it has the song life. for the part of the revolution 909 video that was about the production of tomatoes. Yeah, exactly. yeah really it really would have been i mean and it's like, like i think that they uh, do they that, that this, they wrote this song for that video this is a very mechanical song that still has that you know that edwin bird song humanity and heart to it which i think honestly like like you think of the way that they use sam- the sample that they, we don't really see a sample used that way and i think that the reason for that in, in my in my mind is that they take this mechanical layer and add it to this very human song and and it works so 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 well um so i would say that this song for me serves the robot narrative the most yeah. on the whole album track 5 the crescendos <laughs> All right. All right. Named in reference to the band uh, from the movie Interstellar. Do we know if that's before or after? I believe that. I thought that this was named in reference to like what it sounded like phonetically, the sample. No, I believe it. I believe that that this was this is the introduction to the band as a thing. Okay. Uh, this, like this is when they play together for the first time. I think this is the, I think we'll talk about it next week, but I think that this is like the, the one with the cameo from the guys. Cause yeah, it's yes, like, it it's the movie is kind of like the apple, that weird movie that we watched exactly. where it's like a, a weird, like international galactic federation that, that like can tries to control art and, and music. Um, I believe that like they always knew that they were going to call the band crescendals. And Sometimes that... I, in the, in the sample, it feels like I'm hearing the word. Yeah, I, I agree with and you. And I don't know if that is it's like, a... so I, I'm working on a tune right now and I cut up a vocal sample and I'm going to name the song after what I thought the yeah. chop sounded like, but I don't know. There's that weird thing where you're just like yeah. hearing noise. So it let's see here. Let's hear a quick 
snippet of this is Anthony and the Imperials. Can you imagine? So this is one of the four that they put in the liner yeah. notes, and obviously, like, like that's another better, wholesale. That's one. that's a wholesale one. It has there, there's a I forget the name of the no, the the pattern, but there's a a thing for what it sounds like sonically. It's like a waterfall noise or a waterfall frequency. I forget, but it's like a series of frequencies that feels like it is moving upward the entire time. So even though this track is a loop and like goes up and up and up and up and then back down and up and up and up. Yeah. It feels like an escalator and it feels like it's always. That's what I like. That's what I like about a lot of Tomas's uh, solo tracks. Yeah. Um, Like so much love to give like every 16 bars. It feels like it takes a second, like not much more is happening, but it's just like, it's enough of like, like there's like another kick extra gear. Every time they they go another 16 bars, when they talk about the production of house music, they always talk about pushing forward into the groove. Right. So it's like, yeah, after two bars or whatever, at the end of your two bar loop, maybe throw in an extra bass yeah. drum or an so extra hi hat to push it forward. That's These songs have this illusion of it's like just a, a shot into the air. That's what I meant. Like the songs are house songs are not constructed like this anymore. Right. Where it's this like this roller coaster ride up. Now it now it's like a build up to a to the the down. Yeah, it's like a, it's like forty seconds of an intro and a little bit of a build. Yeah, and then like a, a yeah. Thing. Where this this whole song feels like a. Like the ride exponential, up. yeah. Uh, That's incredible. Um, I don't, I don't need everything to have like some crazy drop. The whole thing is a crescendo. It's yeah, a ho- it's just like just yeah, riding exactly. it up. I want I, more it's of that. Stratospheric, more man, of I love that. It. I will make another. Uh, uh, I I feel again. I've said this so many times, but I feel like Crescendals uh is is best put on display in a live 2007 and we'll get into it but but oh, yeah. it's it's because it's so it's paired we, with uh, television rules and yeah. nation which like it's the almost opposite as far as like daft punk's offering that's kind of like a droning happiness and depression yeah like in terms of yeah it's, yeah, it yeah. really and like just going from i mean this this song feels like to me what television rules and nation needs and we're not so going to go too I, deep so into that right now but um the first time we talked, we listened to this this weekend. Devin was having a, was struggling separating these tunes from Alive 2007. It's very difficult because because, I, like I I have I love this album so much. I can compartmentalize them. I understand that I understand because if I have the, I have this similar struggle with a lot of things that girl talk has sampled over the years where I I cannot listen. Those neural pathways. I cannot listen to like tiny dancer without adding like like biggie into it. It's just like, that's what my brain does. So I get that. But, but I, I can absolutely appreciate this stuff for what it is. Uh, because there's so much going on, I can separate the. Two. I have trouble with that, not on this album, but but on Human After All, 100. Yes. percent So because you, Human After All, that I, one I have no trouble with. I I'm good with homework. I'm good with Human After All. It's discovery. See, I never that is glued to the other tunes because Alive 2007 is crazy. How I, I listen think, to these I think, but I was never like I, I got into Alive 2007 before I got into Human After All. Discovery stands alone in my in my life sure. as an album that yeah. exists. You yeah. know, I was I was. 
a fan of 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 discovery stuff yes, without these, knowing it. We'll get human to, after all. We'll get I did human after all. Yeah. This this feels like fully realized stuff. Absolutely. Human off human after all to me feels like good the good building blocks of something more. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Awesome. Uh. Yeah. Crescendals. What a what an absolute ripper. What, what an absolute ripper. ripper. It's, it's just a it's an it's an upbeat party tune. So five undeniable uh, all time anthems. And then they put out a deniable down. anthem. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he's a deniable anthem. What does that mean? What does that mean? What is deny? I, I want to call it out on the podcast. I'm working on writing a deniable my, anthem. My, <laughs> that anthem is deniable. One of the most deniable anthems in the history. Of it's, a, it's a deniable anthem. I'll write that down. Deniable uh, yeah, anthem. Yeah, absolutely. That's that'll be the the title That's of the your name first of a song. <laughs> this should be your first EP. Deniable, deniable anthems. anthems. Uh, uh, this. They take it down, the little palate cleanser. They bring the mood down after after uh, hyping it up so much. Here's night vision. One of Daft Punk's, maybe maybe Daft Punk's first ever down tempo song, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's notably the the, the shortest track on this album. Uh, it's, I mean it's just a heartbeat. I mean again, it's it's again yeah. we're robots and, now. We're robots they, now. This might be a moment for them to say, "Here is the the heartbeat." If you're if you're wondering what you know what I mean, like if, to serve the, the 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 robot narrative here. They do it a little bit in homework with um whatever the song is that has the radio station it's yeah. like just to give it space and stuff but can you imagine if they had gone the direction of like de la soul or like ludicrous <laughs> and put a skit on this oh album? man if they had a skit, they had a skit of them as robots instead <laughs> of this like them trying to like order a pizza yeah, as robots yeah, 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 yeah. Or oh man that would be amazing that would be wild in, in the middle of this like <laughs> revolutionary thing they did like, like some like, light comedy <laughs> of like Thomas turn me on to, like, I can't I have to get up and leave oh. I am running out of battery <laughs> that would have been incredible I think, um, we would not be doing this podcast <laughs> I, think, I think this is a really interesting palate cleanser in terms of that uh, quote we heard from Tomas earlier about the differences between the the spacey uh, vibe out electronic music and the party music and wanting to meld the two. This is like we're, okay, well, we can like we can bring the mood down and have some calm out stuff, and then like we'll bring What's it back. What's the next uh, tune on the superhero? So it's it's, it's, yeah. it's two like very way so far up. it would have yeah. been it two very fast songs. Yeah, if they I mean, had left those are two very, dolls uh, into superheroes. They are two that that those two songs need need this. Yeah, them. oh, it's great. Yeah, just a little cute little buffer. Yeah. What is it? I don't, I don't know what it looks like. I've I've never had fourteen or fifteen tracks. And had to figure out what it means to order them in a and way that feels really best. them either. They so they they sequenced the first album as a party. They yeah. were all party tracks. They were all tracks developed in the club, and they put together a party album in the club for the club. In the club for the club. Uh, uh, None of these have been played in the club. Not yet. Yeah. Short circuit. Right. Right. So elements of short circuit had been used live. That was it. Nobody else had ever heard any of this music. Sequencing wise, 
they're this is this that's like a new idea for them right yeah. like sequencing something that is a concept album together like to try to have a flow to it um stylistically is brand new for them so something like this would have had no place on homework i bet they had well maybe not i was gonna say i bet they had crescendals and superheroes and i bet they wrote this as a spacer because they very well, it well could have it doesn't necessarily but, but also like they would have that's like this own. is like a very natural tr this is uh uh six this is the sixth song on the record and uh um it is one more time digital love and harder better faster stronger i'm sure that they all like those three they knew were going to be hits, yeah, right? The whole thing would have been a roller coaster if yeah. they did not give. And it they space had here. aerodynamic in there too, so it was like just party, 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 party. Like this is a breather. I think like even though they had not had to put a ton of thought into sequencing an album yet, I think that they understood that th like this is a very natural album sequence thing to have like big fast start. It's the same with improv, right? Like big fast start pop 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 and eventually you want to like let something breathe a little yeah. bit uh um i think that like they as song writers and storytellers they realized they needed something right here they needed to recharge their batteries <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh so yeah uh next track superheroes <laughs> What is that? Daft Punk has this quality where I'm listening to it, and even when you're like dancing to dance music and throwing shapes and stuff, yeah, I'm like chopping, yeah, like a side chopping, 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 just waving my arm to the side, throwing shapes. That is its own thing. And when I'm throwing shapes to Daft Punk, it is a side chop. This song's got a very. In my brain, this song feels like I'm like soaring over, yeah, over so land is, masses, is like party, like cloud level. Or is something. party party as like the driving beat is? I think that the soaring element is that like the doodly doodly that come mm -hmm. in, and then once everything else kind of fades away, it's really fucking beautiful at the it end. Really where it just when it just lets that like explore and expand and become like that I'm, that part of the song is not a party that's just like no. this beautiful composition it when really i'm is. talking about the parts of this album that sound baroque that is one of them oh yeah we'll hit it again with the flute part in voyager there are these incredible classical music parts of this album and the uh, the arpeggio in this and superheroes is over a dance beat yeah. but it sounds like like an 1800s like italian <laughs> see it's nice to have you here to say music words like arpeggio because i hear wrote down that it, that it trails off uh, i wrote that it trails off into cosmic chippiness and but you arpeggio let me know, you let me know the, the cosmic part <laughs> right it's the cosmic so arpeggio is like um like you take a single note and you just do yeah. like three after it's like do 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 See in my in my brain that was cosmic chippiness. In in music brain, that's arpeggio. That's the cosmic that's the cosmic bowling of the song. Uh uh The Boys found an incredibly specific moment to sample that in the air. 
vocal track that is repeated throughout the song. Uh, this is Barry Manilow, uh, Who's Sleeping in My Bed. They heard that, and they were like, in the air. We're going to say, there, in man. the air. And like, and I they like... made us. They made a, an incredibly, like, a, a journey, a, an auditory journey from Barry Manilow going, in the air. I I like that they are interested in exploring pop structures and doing this glam rock stuff and this prog stuff. And I like that they're using all these weird samples. There is another version of the song that I would have liked that is them using that sample in a more like heavy hitter house way yeah. without the arpeggios and without that, where it's just like that dark, like in the air yeah, and just like just a big thumper of an, of a, if this were a together song, that would be a ripper. I don't think that anybody's ever asked Barry Manilow what he thinks of this. I would love, I would love to know what Barry Manilow thought of this. I would love to know it. Yeah. Barry Gimanalo. <laughs> Barry Gimanalo. <laughs> t-shirt. That's, That's a, t-shirt. a good idea. That's a t-shirt, Barry Gimanalo. <laughs> That's a t-shirt, baby. <laughs> Barry Gimanalo. 15 people would love that oh, shirt. Yeah. 15 people would buy that shirt from Absolutely. us. For sure. <laughs> <Gary> B- <laughs> what does that mean? Like you, uh, it's always it's Barry Gimanalo up here, baby. If we if we take if we, it's like a photo of Gimon in the helmet, but the face shield's off, and it's, <laughs> it's Barry, Barry Manilow under it. <laughs> I'd wear that. I think of that part of uh, of drive. It's it's of drive me crazy, right? Where they go to the phone booth and talk to her, and she's talking about Barry Manilow. Uh, um, no, uh, she's can't hardly Michael wait. Bolton. Can't hardly wait, right? Yeah. She's talking about Barry Manilow. Yeah, uh, the right? kids obsessed with Barry Manilow. Yes, the, ma- the, the song movie. Mandy. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. We talked about can hardly wait this weekend. This is a good movie. All right, it's uh, all coming full. Tra- it's all full coming circle. full circle, baby. Track eight, High Life. <laughs> so interesting to hear them talk about creating new structures and in different uh different things out of these sounds this this is just this is a fucking this is french this touch is ripper. this is as french touch as it gets this is the most french touch song on the record absolutely and like that vocal sample sounds like it should resolve into something else like Mm-mm. that bump bump ah. But they but leave it up there, yeah, and it always returns to that like pitchy man. There's it something earwormy about your brain wanting to hear the other yeah. half of that, but them never giving it, it doesn't. to you. It's just like bum, right. Bum, it's ah. like it's almost like auditory, like a really satisfactory auditory blue balls, right? Yeah, it they, is. Like you, your your brain's natural. You want that you, last like, like oh, yeah. To your brain is trying it, to whoa. fill in the gaps of what that means, but they are going to. Uh, uh, they have the patience to reject your your want your desires, and it just leaves it. This is what it is, and it and then it, it like listening to it over and over again morphs it into new things, and they they don't want to resolve it because they want you to live in this specific moment. I was uh like I said, I've not spent as much time with this album before us 
you know, revisiting some of this stuff over the last, I, I revisited this record maybe a year and a half ago after we'd been hanging out and talking more about it. Yeah. And this was the, the standout one that I had been skipping over. And I was really obsessed with this for a while. And all of the Tomas sets from like yeah. this whole era have this in there. And he lets this ride sometimes for like eight or nine minutes. He doesn't play the song. Yeah. He plays the song followed by the sample. So he'll he'll just loop the the vocal sample over other stuff for a long time. And because it, it's it's so powerful. Yeah. This this song, this is this is my kind of thing. I can't this deserves to be a single on this record. Which it wasn't, yeah. But uh but yeah, I, I think I think it's an all timer. Yeah. God, it rips. I, I mean, I think, uh, like, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think that this song is, if I had to pick a, pick a number one sleeper of all of Daft Punk, this would be my number one Whoa. sleeper. This thing, this is a sleeper, man. I think it, it is. It, it is the sound. I think it is their best, biggest song that is the most them sounding that, like, is an afterthought for so many people. Uh, this, this is one of my favorite songs by them, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Not a bad word about. <laughs> Have they ever made a bad song? The answer, no. Closest is that forty-second song called "On Off" on <laughs> that one that one track on Human After All. This just them changing the dials. It's like forty seconds. Yep, but it's still great. You're the guy who would listen to Radiohead tune up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that song. <laughs> <laughs> like people tweeting, like this is the this most rips. It's just, it's them, just tuning. them tuning up. Yeah, that's oh, that's man. their on off. I would listen to the Daft Punk tuning up. Absolutely. Track and nine, have- something about us. That is some beautiful hotel lobby music. Really. Yeah, this is the second most you can hear their French accents yeah. on the yeah. record. I was yeah. going to say that too. Um, this is great for Daft Punk fans. This is low-key when you, when you are on the Daft Punk groups, fan groups, low-key one of the ones that people – like if there's a, a, um, a thread like what's your favorite Daft Punk song – this one will come up way more than you would think it would. Daft uh, Punk, like, it has a lot there for, like, fans of yeah, the band. Absolutely. Uh, beautiful, like, one of their only, like, love song, like, like just, a, like, a love ballad. One this of is an analog love ballad. An analog love ballad. It was the sixth and final single off Discovery. This was a single? This was a single. That's this was the incredible. last single. It was billed as Something About Us, the love ballad from Interstellar 555. The single was released November 2003, almost two full years after the album dropped, two, like fully two full years after uh, One More Time. Album released. cycles do not work like that N- in at, this day and age. All. Absolutely not. You don't have six singles off an album This anymore. was five years after they began the album. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They started in 98. They, this is not Isn't that how crazy? this works. Absolutely Bands crazy. put out a record a year. Yeah. These days. Try. What does this mean? Yeah. Absolutely. That's wild. Uh, It only charted in the France and the UK. So it was kind of like it was a single, but it was like fresh, you know, whatever. It was kind of a single. This is the only track from the album 
that had uh, uh, its interstellar video and a separate video for the single release, but the vig- the video was just uh, a compilation of clips of the characters Shep and Stella like meeting and falling in love. And so they had like all of the clips of the two characters falling in love. That was the video. Kind of cool. This feels like it's more in service of promoting the anime than it is. It might the, have been. Yeah, because by right? 2003. This is the videos about them. Yeah. The the anime came out this year. Yeah. But it's probably in service of the video. Yeah. Yeah. And Which it was. Rocks. It was like, here it is. The, the heroes of our. They was like the, the on when it played on MTV or whatever, the clip was called. It was called. Something about us, colon, the love ballad yeah. from Interstellar 555. That totally makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's crazy that we had to watch all the Interstellas before 555. I know. To make sense of it. Do you know how many hours we put into that? So many, I mean, like, it's like 5,500 Interstellas before, before they perfected it. <laughs> uh, track 10, Voyager. This is probably top five Daft Punk songs of all time for me. The flute arpeggio is incredible. The other thing that stands out about this track that I think musicians who like Daft Punk love is this bass line. If you go to YouTube and look up the bass covers of this, there are thousands of people playing this bass line. It's, It's a disco octave baseline yeah right they're just going and from like low to high octave there's up something and down the fretboard like and the, the one when the one more time bass kicks in it's the same thing yeah. like it's the same that same like cadence yeah and the same like vote like range of sounds and it's just undeniable i don't think this is a real bass guitar playing it, it can't be right because it's it, it if you if you try and play it on a bass, you have to tune your bass down two whole steps, which bass players don't traditionally do. It's it makes the strings too floppy, so it's probably synthesizer bass meant to sound like a real bass. But we, and we but have it all those quotes all about, of the yeah. We have all those quotes from Gimon about how they tried to create instrumental sounds from different yeah. things. So right? My, There's my, no way. My question is: Is this a baseline that they recorded and then pitched down in the sample oh. or is it a baseline that they synthesized to sound like a slap bass because yeah. it feel it like it has all of the qualities it's got of the feel of, of i listened to this one and i think it's live even yeah i, you I think, think they it's played a it live and then pitched it I, down. it's purely just me listening with my own ear and making a judgment i have no i have no evidence I to think support someone this played but it, it and then pitched it down. it feels like a very human bass. i love it feels very alive I, to me i love the way that this song is constructed i love that i love that each each break of it ha- adds a new element and then they take it away and you we just grew those... out really yeah. hard to this this like, weekend and they man. they let that those like um that fluty thing they yeah. let that breathe and they take away the bass and you just hear that like that there's like tubes and then they bring all of the rest of it back and it's so full Everything sounds full together, like individually, as they build each piece of it. 
And then that last piece when all of it's together uh, is it, that that is one of my favorite chunks of any Daft Punk song ever. Uh, when all of it's together at the end, it's just it's just an incredible composition of disparate noises that be, that become something incredibly beautiful this together. A, it's a wonderful song. What yeah. what this album's production has taught me is that like if if I had just if you had just played this bass line over the song as is, it would just sound like a guy playing a bass guitar over the song. There, if you want a funk disco bass on your house track you can play a funk disco riff for two bars and do what they did sample it yourself if you want it to to sound like this you can play it a little bit higher and a little bit slower and then pitch it down yourself and all of a sudden it sounds like you're sampling someone yeah. but you're not it's your bass line yeah. you can just pitch it yeah. and and move it and all of a sudden it sounds like someone else's yeah they're sampling other people but they're they are they are making noises and then sampling themselves and I think, warping it in different ways. I yeah, absolutely. I absolutely think this bass line is something they played and then sampled. And then made, like yeah. pitched down. Absolutely. That is it's a it's a different way of thinking about your own music and it's really powerful. Uh another all-timer right after track 11, Veritas Quo. I think it's that's another fan all timer like that's like fans of Daft Punk incredible alive 2007 pins yeah yeah uh, yeah and that that song sent us awesome pins Veritas Quo designs if you like Daft Punk they've got some awesome Daft Punk theme that's another art. tune that has that baroque quality to it yeah. that it sounds like the soundtrack to like Barry Lyndon or something yeah it's yeah just got that yeah that very uh continental sounding classical composition and it sounds it's like just like voyager it starts so quiet and contained and simple and then they you hear just more and more being added to it and it building into something incredible and you hit on the wordplay earlier when we were talking about disco very this is very disco. Yeah, yeah. Very disco. Very disco. Yeah, that's uh, which is again very intentional. Uh, no, that was an accident. That they, was an they accident. said it was just accidental. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> they accidentally talked about how disco. Uh, was. Yeah, I like. Um, again, th- like this. This song is one that like hardcore Daft Punk fans point to as like under like uh, underplayed or underdiscovered. Um, which and it is. It's it's not like a a banger and it's not like one that you would play to get the party started or whatever, but just the build it's beautiful music. And I think, I think Pete Tong really hit on something when in that quote we heard from him earlier, that was like, this was the, this was the kind of music they always wanted to make. Uh, and they finally, they discovered how, and and we will continue to watch them get better at this but like this is a very this is like a very random access memories sound yeah. like it's like this this idea of them finding these things and layering something and being so meticulous 
and watching watching this slow groove build into something completely beautiful this this is an idea that they are going to continue to extrapolate on for the rest of their career um uh, uh and like like this is to me this is quintessential daft punk yeah this, this is, is what they a, this, this is, is what a, they want to do i think this is a blueprint for what they're going to do on ram i don't think that i don't think this is a daft punk thesis in the same yeah, way that i no. don't think a lot of the noodlier stuff from ram is a daft punk thesis sometimes i feel like a lot of the noodlier stuff I don't know. Yeah. I, I have to. I have to process it. But I think some of the noodlier stuff is an epilogue to yeah. the Daft Punk sound. Yeah, but they, not... they like they want to. This is what they want to do. Yeah, like, this yeah. is absolutely. But and yeah, this I see is what you mean. they. They do. I love this song. They do an incredible. They 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 produce this in a bunch of different better ways on Ram. Yeah, they figure it out. Yeah, like here is where you hear them beginning that. You're absolutely right. Next song, 12, is Short Circuit. So as you mentioned, um, elements of this song were played live throughout the uh, Defenderect tour, and then eventually reworked into this song. It's a weird song. Feels like they never figure out what to do with it, because there's an incredible groove there. Yeah. They never quite figure this out how one, to make it it's fancy. Almost the, it's, it's good almost on the tour. It's almost the opposite of the last couple songs, where it's like this big idea that they that they warp down yeah. and become. So I, I found a really interesting quote about this song that I'm going to hold off until, until we talk about face to face. But yeah, there's, there's like a power down element to this song. Yeah. It's a new idea on this record. That's really only for this track. Yeah. It's interesting. It definitely, there's something, there's a component to it. That's fun and, and listenable, but it feels incomplete of all of the sounds on this album i would say this this is one of the only ones that somehow sounds dated um i don't know that it really does like i it doesn't like it compared to everything else this sound sounds dated to me yeah um but that's the i think it's the only song on this entire album that gives me that feeling um which is strange because it's very referential to periods of time before so you would think the referential stuff would be the stuff that sounds dated uh but this does sound like something from that time that you you you'd spoken about it's mm-hmm. not quite the grunge or anything like that from the the 90s but there are there are 90s very 90s noises in this song i love i love this album this album is a front to back ripper a lot of these sounds do sound very dated to me. Yeah, you, you. If you played this, well, because I think for it's, someone, I think it's because of the way that they were, um, okay, used I, after that. Yeah, right? let me as, let me clarify what I what I was. Yeah, uh, what I, let me clarify. I, I I think that of this album. This is the only one that sounds dated for 2001. I'm sorry, oh, for when yeah. it came out. Uh, yeah, I yeah, apologize. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yes. I, I, this, this to me, Short Circuit, sounds like a song from 93, 94, 95, something like that. Okay. Uh, while the rest of this album feels like the future of 2001. Yeah, <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense. yeah. I absolutely hear what you're saying. Yeah. Because there are Daft Punk tracks 
that do not sound dated for when they came out totally. and do not sound dated now. Right. And then there are tracks where you hear them, they rip, but they definitely sound of their era. Yeah. 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 Like, I think a live off homework, you could put that out now. That is a warehouse yeah. sweater that yeah. could come That'll, out yeah. now and would sound fine. But there are tracks on here where it's like, oh, that yeah, that's 90s and 2000s yeah. dance music. And it's it it is awesome for the time but yeah just like you said like nirvana some of these things were you were overused so much because of how influential this music was that it you know that it it puts this music in a time and place and it would would be crazy if you were trying to put out music in 1999 and say i don't want this to sound like you know yeah like nirvana sounds like 1991 it should that's when it came out and there's the music there's the music that's like that sounds dated as in like i don't want to listen to it anymore right and there's the music that sounds like it was of the time because it created the time yeah this this created the time of the music yeah you know this was a this was an incredible trendsetter um the penultimate track face to face it's amazing what you'll find face to face Yeah. Oh so in the context of the album, Bagalter noted that the preceding track, Short Circuit, represented the act of shutting down and afterwards you regain consciousness and are more face to face with reality. So like that track back to back with this track was a conscious choice. That track powers down. And then this one, you hit it back face to face with reality, which is I think that's a really cool way to look at these tracks back to back. I wonder if that is what they planned or if they called the track short circuit and then did face to face and then it's retrofitted to the robot. I don't know. I think that, I think that they are, I think that they are very intentional. Uh, uh, I think, I think they are very intentional and stuff. I think the robot mythology is a little more. These could have been recorded separately. I, yeah, but like they are, they're very meticulous in everything they plan. I think that, sonically that is absolutely how the record sounds it feels like short circuit takes this power down and then we were face to face talking about sequencing the record in terms of sequencing a record this late in the game yeah you bring you you bring it down and then you ramp it back up and then you close it out that's how that you is, sequence a set that is that's absolutely absolutely extremely intentional that's what they're gonna do that's what they do in their yeah. rave sets that's what they're gonna do in a live 2007 and that is this is short circuit is the beginning of the end of the album yeah and they are yeah. we've seen it with the live on homework the clo- they're good at closers yeah, that that's is, what they do that that like what if that quote was born out of uh like creativity from for but sequence wise it is mm. very intentional to go from from short circuit to face to face absolutely uh whether or not he he came up with that uh as a way to transition them whatever fine but like putting these tracks back to back to uh, in in the context of this album, where they are in the album, that is extremely intentional and sequence wise. Like it's perfect. This is, I don't know the the album starts with four or five back to back rippers. Yeah. This 
leg of the record is yeah. the leg of the record. I, I mean, it's hard to find, like, like looking at this, I know we talk about this leg of the record, but really it goes one more time, aerodynamic, digital love, harder, better, Chrisanne Dolls, night vision. Superheroes High Life, Something About Us. I guess Something About Us is a, is a... So really, it's Voyager, Veritas Quo, Short Circuit, Face to Face, Too Long. So, I mean, there's five bangers to start, five to finish. And then not to mention the last one's 10 I minutes think long. I think it's like five so... bangers to start and then a leg. There's a, a body. And then two. I would not call Voyage. I love Voyager. It's one of my favorite Daft Punk songs of all time. That's not a banger. Veritas Quo is not a banger. Yeah. They're incredible grooves and they're incredible builders. Um. Uh, you know what I mean? I guess you're true. You know I, mean, I mean, again, with hindsight, hindsight, I have an appreciation for Voyager and Veritas Quo that yeah, they're, that they're, that exists. But, that's, um, but as, we we are in this con- like that. That is why so many people did not like Ram because they're like, we're the bangers. We're the bangers. Right. I don't. I am not looking yeah. for bangers yeah. to call to call Veritas Quo a banger is disingenuous. Yeah. And I, but I think it's also important. Like I'm yeah. somebody who like, w- you know, in my free time, if I'm not listening to you know, whatever, like, like Claude or something like that. Yeah. I'm listening to Tycho. I'm listening to that. Right. That is a, a genre of music. I love that, that, that electronic, the, the, that like the really spacey, really ethereal, really, you know, uh, just, yeah. just, just so, so for me, I think of, I think of those songs with room that are more yeah. groovy and more back and more relaxed. I th- that those are in a, di- when I'm in a different mood, those are my, bangers you yeah. know what i mean so so i i think for for me i think that's why i look at a song like uh like like the ones we've listed um in that light after failing to convince todd edwards to collaborate with them on homework the boys got to work with him uh got to work with him on face to face after a few sessions in new york and new jersey they flew todd out to paris he was still living with his parents at the time so a flight to paris to work in daft studios Pretty fucking cool deal. That rocks. That rocks. Uh, After figuring out some of the track, Tomas and Guimon asked if Todd could, quote, unquote, sing a little raspier like Foreigner. They said, like, sing like Foreigner. That's what they had. (laughs) So the final final product used his first two takes, uh, and they layered those takes over each other. So I don't know how many times he ended up singing it, but they took his first two, layered them over each other to give that, like, depth. Tomas uh, later said, Todd Edwards sings sometimes, but not like that. I think we were all very excited and surprised by the way he could sing that song. Uh, and yeah, that I, rocks. I mean, this he, is this is the one for me, man. Yeah, this I've I we have talked about this song a yeah. lot. This was this was a hit off the record. So yeah, number um, uh, the only two songs from this record to hit U.S. dance chart number one. One more time, and this this song is a little bit too slow for the club the chops on it the todd edwards chops right these incredibly glitchy Wait, let me, samples let me let me hear uh i want to hit you with something yeah uh edwards he co-wrote and pro- co-produced face to face and this is from this is him uh talking about what he brought to the table i'm known for my sampling style i uh i take little micro samples and make musical collages cutting up those sounds and making it uh, have spaces so it has like a, a futuristic oh, yeah. flow that I'm known for. And you could absolutely hear yeah. that. Yeah. So like That's this exactly is... exactly it. Yeah. So just like the Panda Bear track that Daft Punk did with him is like very much a Daft Punk song inspired by Animal Collective. This is very much a Daft Punk song inspired by what Todd Edwards absolutely. does. It's, it's 
It's really incredible. There's a whole genre of music. Todd Edwards has truly before and since made a career out of this stuff. He's still producing incredible sounds like this. Face to Face was just like one of the first songs by Daft Punk that I heard that I connected to. Like when I was a kid, when I was yeah. really young, I, I remember downloading this on Kazaa or LimeWire or whatever. I loved that really glitchy sample stuff. I got really into trip hop and glitch music after this because of this, like Prefuse 73 and stuff. This is just a an incredible song. We we get face to face in other parts of Daft Punk's career, but we do not get that chop, that like super spaced out fast yeah. vocal chop. We see some of it on Daft Club, but I don't know. This track's a ripper. And yeah. Todd Edwards Todd Edwards paved the way. Does not for, get enough credit for what he does. No, he paved the way for UK Garage and Garage House, and that's a genre of music that I spend as much time in as I do house. Yeah. And this was my introduction to it when I was a kid, when I was like 12. And yeah. I, if it weren't for this song, I don't know that I would be here talking about Daft Punk. Yeah. This is like, this is, this is a track for me. Then the closer too long. This is them becoming some of the masters of the album closer. Yeah. Uh, and not only on their out on their album or their like uh, studio stuff, but their their live things. They are so incredible at building to the end. They like no, I don't think anybody in any genre of music is as good as them at building to the end. We're we listen to the the best part of the song, right? The build, yeah. And for, it's a ten minute song for all of the solo dates that Tomas was doing before this. He was doing too long in the set, but just the sample. Mm -hmm. So he was playing like this with like high life, or he was playing this with like um, uh, when the dawn breaks by Cassius. But he was just playing the groove because that is the groove. But that is a different thing in the context of it builds to 10 minutes. Yeah. I love that groove. And it's incredible when you just like slip it into a house set. Yeah. But it is a different animal when you go from nothing. Yeah. This song to that specifically. It's a journey. It yeah. is. It is such a journey. So much so that I almost refer to this song as its own thing thing it, yeah. when, I, when i'm thinking in terms of this is my favorite song on this album if i count this as a song on this album yeah right? it is it's it, very yeah. interesting to, to think of it that way because for me like which is it's still I, very I, I much love it. I love it's their it. very it's their it's the first one of one more time in this is the first thing they do yep so this is them this is them as much in the club mm -hmm. as they will be throughout the production of this album yep this is the most connected to house music that they are mm -hmm. at through the production of this album. Uh, and, and this is as much of them just living to build the party uh, as they will be throughout the production of this right. album. So like that, that is where the energy of this song comes from and is I, the club. Man, I would, 
point out that like, okay, we say this isn't a, a, a house album, right? Or, or, or people will say that again, too long is 10 minutes long. One more time is over five minutes long. Uh, I, I mean, you look at the songs well, the that single, are house yeah. songs on this and, and it, I would bet it takes up more than, more than half the album. It, the, uh, the single version of, one more time is like four. Yeah, the the yeah, extended yeah. version is seven. They do they make dance versions of this stuff, but but they're which is I respect idea. that they were doing extended versions yeah. of it because like at this level of their career, they could have stopped making music yeah. for DJs. Yeah, yeah. The idea like the idea of this, uh, they wanted to make this song. The idea of the record was what if we could do all of this in three or four minutes? Yeah. And for the most part, I think they they pheno- they phenomenally achieved that record. Like Voyager. Voyager could easily be a ten minute song. I would say just about anything on here could be a 20, also, could be a twenty minute song. Uh, I mean, that's the beauty of it. Voyager is the name of the Moog synthesizer that they're going to have four mm. of in the pyramid. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not um, know that. That's which I'm awesome. just forgetting about, and I probably would forget when we talk about it in Alive 2007. That's awesome. But I think they probably named it after their synth. Yeah, they okay. very well could have. Yeah. Too long. I think we can all agree. It's too not long, long enough. <laughs> not long enough. <laughs> uh, do I, another uh, ten minutes. Do it, yeah, do another ten or release twenty minutes. Release the release the bank alter cut. That's the long. that's the thing about this music is I understand that some people think that some of these songs are too long, but if you're if you're if you're listening to house music and you don't particularly connect to a song, all you gotta do is like wait like fifteen or twenty minutes and the hmm. next one will come up. Yeah, there's <laughs> a there in the movie Good Burger. There is a dance. There sequence. is a good burger. There's a good burger. <laughs> There's a dance sequence in Good Burger. It's a it's a Parliament Funkadelic tune um, called Knee Deep, <laughs> and it's a really good track. They dance in an insane asylum, and I remember downloading the song as a kid. Yeah, because I was so excited because I loved this movie and the the song by Parliament Funkadelic is 16 minutes long, <laughs> and I remember being like. This is too long for one song. And then I listened to it a few times and I'm like, oh, I get it. I get why funk songs are 16 minutes long. This should be longer. They should double it. Yeah, that rocks. So that's Discovery. It's Discovery. That's Discovery. That's a, a seminal record, a legendary record. I can't, we can't say enough about it. I, we've talked about it for four we've hours. Tried, we've, I mean, we've tried to say too much about it. <laughs> what's funny is, what's ah. funny is we're going to leave this episode here, but we're going to continue to talk about discovery just like we did in the weeks leading up to this. Yeah. And we will continue to reference it after the fact, because this is, uh, such a, not just a seminal piece of, of Daft Punk, but it's, 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 hugely important for all of music moving forward and i yeah. think that we cannot stress enough what this album did for the 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 listen, landscape of music listen to that will follow it and listen to what uh, a pop single sounds now and, and there's a look. straight line there's a straight line trajectory to what pop singles sound now and where this came from yeah and this and is you're, and like you said like the train stuff like the stuff that was coming yeah, out around yeah. this time big room is kind of born of this that, yes this uh, is big this, yeah this allows this creates these sounds to form the, the ether for better or worse this creates the trajectory for pop music going forward just like for better or worse nirvana created the trajectory for rock music a lot of the stuff that came after it was lesser than with less heart with less creativity that was born from these sounds same thing with these guys they they changed the course of music and they create and so much awesome stuff was created from this but also a lot of fucking garbage is created from this yeah. and that, that's not their fault there's uh, a reason 
there's no not a sequel to Discovery. Yeah. You know, there's a reason they put out a different album next time. Absolutely. That's the nature of these yeah. guys. They they were they could just like we talked about last week. They were uh Tomas was offered three million dollars to make a Stardust record, and he could have farted out garbage and taken that money. They these two the 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 reason they're the legends and the reason that they will be remembered forever is that they were not interested in in cashing in. They were not interested in in uh, the cash grab, making a quick buck. They were interested in moving the process forward. It feels to each me- move they made set the industry standard for the next five it, whatever years and it feels and sim- now and now there is nobody setting there's going to have to be another daft punk that sets the industry standard from here on out yeah. because they're they're gone it feels to me like the, the the big takeaway and we we've said it before and we'll say it again is they're not going to re-explore a place they've already felt that they've explored thoroughly and like as much as we wish that they would sometimes um you know i would rather have them this way uh than to get a discovery too that would would be lackluster. We wouldn't love it. We they wouldn't. Ex- they explored Discovery very thoroughly. I think we can all agree it would have been fine if they had done a Stardust yeah. EP, like three songs. Yeah. It would have been okay. They could have done, done, um, done like three, three so five Stardust songs. Whatever. So <laughs> they could have done a couple more music. We're doing, uh, <laughs> so we're doing uh, favorite songs and Sleeper just like, uh, yeah. just like before, right? Yes. Um, Want to start with Sleepers? I mean, I already did mine. Let's do favorite song first. Favorite That's song first, the heavy okay, hitter. Cool. Face uh, to face. Face to face. Devin's calling face, face to face. face. Um, I, I'm going to – this is a tough one. Devin, I, I – with the caveat of I'm not going to pick too long because I don't think of it in the same way as as a song, uh, I, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, face to face is my favorite. Hell yeah. Um, for, the, the, for the sake of it, Aerodynamic is up there for me specifically um, just because it, it, for me that is – a boundary breaking moment that I think defines uh, why Daft Punk is not just a house group. Yeah, you know? it's like they answer one more time yeah, with Aerodynamic. They, they, I think Aerodynamic for for its effect That's a good is my favorite. Is yeah. my favorite song. Yeah, they're they're really good at sequencing. I think for effect, learning. Aerodynamic is my favorite song. But practically, just if I had to pick a track face to face, I oh, yeah. uh, I put a lot of thought into this. Vo- like I said, Voyager is one of my favorite Daft Punk songs of all time. And there's some amazing stuff going on this record. I cannot push past how much One More Time means to me and how much, how important that song is for my life and how how many times I've heard it and how many times I hear something new in it and and how untired I am after all these years. I cannot deny that song I, I i i think one more time is is probably it yeah that's for fair me. that's oh, fair yes. um i'm i'm gonna i already said it i think high life is the number one sleeper i agree of all of that we're punk. we're on the same page yeah, this life. time bro high life is high way life up there is up i'm gonna there. go like i'm gonna go voyager for my number yeah my number one sleeper that's fair voyager um, i i see that come up a, we've talked about it earlier yeah. that's a that's a that comes up a lot for like deep cut depth oh yeah favorite song absolutely Ab so high life mm-hmm. is maybe music sounds better with you is probably the best French touch song that comes up in a lot of lists of just best house song of all time. Yeah, high life is the 
French touch yeah. song from them, man. High Life it's, is it's, it's Phoenix and fresh and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but it's very perfected. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. distilled and perfected. perfected. Yeah, perfected fresh. I love. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same place there. It's coming from. What an episode we've done it. And as you guys know, um, we are uh, ending every episode by talking about a uh, a dance song that is not Daft Punk. Something that we're obsessed with, uh, something new, something old, something that is an earworm, something that we've rediscovered, uh, whatever we're obsessed with this week. We want to introduce you to new stuff. We want to introduce you to stuff that's very influential on us. And we want to just open up the world of dance music at large to you. Uh, This week, Darren, you've picked a legendary act. Yeah, I uh, so I've been going more. Uh, I know I pick songs for you guys, but I've been picking songs off of uh, albums that I specifically love as as the the entire album. And this this is uh, one of my my favorite ones to listen to. I uh, think you'd be hard pressed to find a dance music fan that doesn't love these guys. Right. But but uh, this is I, uh, they're. You need to have them in your repertoire. If you you're you a need them, and yeah. I would, uh, I would, I would. We, we make the argument, uh, De- Devin and I. We talked about this before before the show. Uh, Chemical Brothers, uh, their later stuffs, uh, in, in unbelievable. So this is uh, Chemical Brothers from 2010, off of uh, one of my favorite albums of all time. Further, uh, I picked the song Swoon, uh, but you can really just pick any Here we go. song. Swoon. Off of I've seen them live. One of my favorite, like the the only lyrics in that song are "Just remember to fall in love." There's nothing else, uh, and it's like a, just a repetitive chant. This the oh the tour God. the uh, it, the music video for this was the basis for the visuals of the tour I saw, and it is very powerful to yeah. see. Yeah, like a. Uh, bright highlighted silhouettes kissing <laughs> that's that's it's, very yeah, i would also out. i worked at Ramshorn and i had a cd of this uh i had a cd with another world on it i've talked about it to you guys but for the podcast like i had a cd a mixed cd with another world on it and uh, i borrowed my dad's car to drive to Ramshorn and i left the cd in there and my dad was like what's that tune and i was like it's this it's the chemical brothers he downloaded it on his phone, and he still loves Another it's World a, by the I, Chemical Brothers it's a all these years one. later. I have, um, the Chemical Brothers were influential on our boys, the Daft Punk. Yep. Uh, one of their first really big shows was opening for Chemical Brothers in London. Uh, Chemical Brothers, Chemical Brothers is from a time where there were dance bands, yep. right? And now we have things like Cut Copy and a couple of bands like that. But I, I, I am. I want I want the idea of the dance band yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, um, I really do because there is something incredible about uh, um, watching them perform. Uh, and the next time they come around, we we gotta yeah. go because Chemical Brothers is one of the most influential dance. I don't bands think of all I've time. seen them in ten years, so that's probably, yeah, me either. I, I, th- I think I, I saw probably them, saw them that tour. I think I saw them in like 2013. I saw so about ten, yeah, uh, like eight years ago. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a newer song from last year. This is Oceanus Orientalis, their song Forlorn Hope. 
that's a that's like that's an uncorker. Like they uh, there's no drop. They they build stuff and then they uncork the the beat in in like three or different three or four different times throughout that song where it's like yeah i love that that song it's such a builder those guys are very weird and i love them that's great yeah i love love that song uh we we grouped that on the side of the river yeah yeah we did (laughs) we we really listened to music this weekend we listened to a lot of music this we really i cannot stress how much we listened to music under a bridge (laughs) this weekend uh or oceanus or orientalis Good luck finding them because it's spelled not the way you think it would be. There's, <laughs> I'll just say right now, there's a V in there somewhere. It's so good the luck. Forbidden song. <laughs> good luck. I picked uh, a, a fairly popular uh, remix of Poison by Klaus V or whatever. Yeah, that has a bunch of plays. It had, it had not been on my radar, and it it just is one of those songs that when it's supposed to drop it just does like moody deep house stuff which hell I yeah klaus veen Girl, I must... You know what? You know what I appreciate about uh, about this that is kind of a lost art uh, from like the early '90s. This song is only three minutes long. Yeah. So like that's a very early '90s thing. Where it was like you know we don't, like I like we talked a lot this weekend about the how awesome a slow a build slow into an cr- incredible groove is when you when uh, somebody finds a good groove and then finds uh, a, a way to just slowly crescendo into it is really satisfying there's something also really good about just like here's this thing three minutes single boo put it out fuck it here we go this one's incredible because there is no there's no build it's just that beginning of the bell bit it's like bump bump it up and then it just goes like there's something wild about going from like that 90s new jack swing like fast drums to just some of the most spread out ethereal deep house, like bum, yeah, bum, like that, where it's just, it's not even piano hits. It's just like, uh, uh, yeah, is this the melody of the song? Deep house rocks. Deep house rocks. <laughs> Folks, that's about it. What do we got next week? Um, we are going to be talking about Interstellar 555. Wow. It is Weeb Week at Alive 2021. We are going to talk about anime. <laughs> I'll talk about that anime yeah. and maybe other anime. Uh, if you want to watch it at home, I know that there are, uh, at least as of today, there were a, a bunch of full uh, features on YouTube. Uh, yeah. So it's it's something you can find and you can watch. Uh, I would recommend it whether or not you're listening. I'm, I'm hoping you're listening along so, next well, yeah, week. But it's a, it's a good film. I have not watched this film. full through. I have it on DVD. I have not watched it in years so i'm very excited to i have watched this. it recently and because you up. have a yeah you have a kid in your life that yeah. really enjoys it it's, it's a fun one uh um so i'm very excited to go revisit this we're gonna have a lot about the history of it how they made it happen and then we'll talk about it uh throughout it uh it'll this be a really fun episode. dragon ball z were like very early anime and yeah. i've watched a bunch of anime since then yeah and have not returned to this so it's uh, we it might talk up. more we might talk more about the seminal film the apple from Merham we might Moldum. have to talk about we might. we're gonna have to do a whole episode about that. uh so we are a live 2021 adapt punk podcast uh we're on facebook a live 2020 uh 21 adapt punk podcast we're on instagram same thing 
Um, we are we'd love to hear any corrections, omissions, um, any stories you may have about the boys, uh, any fan art you may be producing about the boys. We would love to hear anything that you have in your life pertaining to Daft Punk. And you can email us anything uh, uh, in that realm at info at alive2021.com. Uh, I'm Andy. You can find me on Twitter at drgoodtweets, Dr. Good Tweets. Uh, I'm Darren. You can uh, find me and uh, my handle on all the social media is at, is at the most Darren, T H E M O S T D A R R E N. And you can catch me uh, over on Facebook Gaming at uh, DSG Gaming. I stream some video game content most days. Uh, so check that out. Uh, I'm Devin Rosni. You can find me at Devin Rosni, D E V I N R O S N I. And I'm also putting out stuff under Devin Jetski. So keep an eye out for that on Hell Spotify yeah. and Beatport and TikTok and all that garbage. And uh, yeah, we'll see you, uh, robots, next week. See you next week. See you next week. Alive 2021 is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network and was created by Andy Reid. Developed by Andy Reid, Devin Rosny, and Darren Shelton, with technical production by Darren Shelton. For more information, please visit Alive2021.com.